It's Free Talk Live. You're welcome to join us here. If you want, the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And uh, with you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Chris. We are expecting nobody. Not sure if you got lost in the snow banks or something like that. It is. It has been snowing here, but it's not, it hasn't been so bad. Unlike people in Texas who are in a seriously bad way right now. A lot of people in Texas don't even have running water. Uh, they definitely don't have power in a lot of the state. All right. I have to ask. I, I, I am kind of conscious of this, but is he? Is this, this whole situation, is this actually... Like, is it government or is it is it something else going on that I'm unaware of? Because I would be, I, I'm, ha- I'd be, I'm, I'm just assuming government. Here. Well, it's it's snow falling in areas where it normally doesn't fall, mm-hmm. and in those areas, people uh, they don't know what to do. Yeah, I, they I don't know how to handle I, it. I, I guess, but like, I kind of, I kind of feel like my gut feeling is it's probably something like California where. You know they they don't they don't do their maintenance and then and then things burn because they don't do the maintenance on power lines and then which things has catch to fire do with the government. Yeah. Every other state has no problem with it, but yeah, that's why I'm saying like, is this is this the Texas government or is this, you know, is it really just you know unusual weather? Yeah, that's an excellent question. I mean, if you're out there in Texas and you want to weigh in with your comments, please feel free. Our number is six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. Uh, there, there was there was somebody the other day that was blaming dere- quote unquote deregulation for the problems in Texas. When mm-hmm. it, I think it was you, nobody who pointed out. And welcome, hang on one sec. <laughs> now your mic's on. Go ahead. I thought he was blaming that for a problem in California. Well, that was a caller. Uh, oh, okay. but, but there was somebody online blaming uh, deregulation. So, what kind of issues are are cropping up? Is, is it are pipes freezing or pipes are is freezing? It, it's yep. it, that's the, the main thing. And or is there other things? There's no power though either, right? I think so. according to Singularity in our chat room over at chat.freetalklive.com, uh, they're saying that the power stations they're not they're not fit for cold weather. So, like, they just don't, the whole thing sounds like it sounds like something that probably this. started prior to privatization. So, hmm. I don't know. Seems like maybe some of the issues may be government. Well, yeah. I mean, without having a close look at it, it's almost guaranteed yeah. that some of the issues are government, even under so called deregulation. And, you know, the reason you say so called is because usually what they do is they just change the regulations. Yeah. And then they call it deregulation. And right. They make it, they make it sound like they California. Like wiped out. I mean, look at what California did with their electricity. They they put a cap on what they could charge. So they couldn't bring enough money to keep to just do maintenance of, uh, sure. you know, the stuff that the, the government was doing prior. Now, to be fair, the, the power company there, the monopoly power companies they have in California, and we have looked at California. I'm sure they're terrible too for other yeah. reasons. But, oh, yeah. you know, if, you, if, the, if the power company is limited, in terms of how much they can charge, and it doesn't cover the maintenance costs, right. you got to cut something. Yeah, that's well, true. Well, it does cover the maintenance costs, though. They're they're very profitable. Well, the problem is... I don't uh, think so don't in California. Competition. They, they have no competition, so they have no true. incentive to actually do the maintenance at the lowest possible best price. Mm. They will spend way more likely than it should cost to do that maintenance, and so then they complain because they don't have enough, and then they have to go to the government, and they have to ask for a rate increase, and then the government has to sit on that for however many months while they wait for people to comment. You know, they have like three public comment sessions. Well, it was years that yeah, they weren't able to years. do maintenance, from what I understand, in California. Years. Yeah. 
Uh, and we and we did cover the California situation in some detail here on Free Talk Live. Uh, it's just I don't know enough about Texas to be able to really say mm. one way or another. But but we know I don't either. We know enough generally about quote unquote deregulation to know that whenever the government says they're deregulating something, you should put a big question mark out and like try to figure out what that means because just because they say deregulation doesn't mean that the the regulations are lessening in any significant way it It generally means they're handing something out to their cronies yeah it could mean that some companies are seeing a lesser regulation in some ways but they may be increasing regulations in other ways i mean they they had quote-unquote deregulation in the radio business and that hasn't done anything to like make it easier to buy a radio station. It hasn't done anything <laughs> mm-hmm. to increase competition you know, in it, any meaningful way. And, and the crazy thing is, people are always like, "Oh, you know, uh, privatization will solve problems," but it depends on you know what exactly is being done. And if you look at industries that were private before, um, but regulated. And I'll give you a great example of this. If you look at like cable television, for example, they gave monopolies to all of the cable. All the cities gave monopolies to the providers. And so once those companies are entrenched in the market, you can't start another company to compete with them 10 years after the monopoly, even after the monopoly expires. It'd be very hard to do that. Right. So, you know, you still end up with government, even when it's even when it starts out private, if it's regulated like the government does it it's often going to end up in the same you know, terrible situations as if government does it mm-hmm. uh, itself. Yes. And usually it doesn't do it itself anyway. Usually it contracts out stuff and Correct. so on. But Yes, if you know anything about what's happening in Texas, feel free to join us here at 603-283-6160. There is a story from uh, TexasReason.com reporting that a rare winter storm has left millions of Texans, Texans without power, prompting many people to flock to grocery stores for emergency supplies or to hotels in search of electrified heated shelter. That surge in demand has prompted predictable misguided warnings from Texas officials about the dangers of quote-unquote price gouging during the Morons. state's emergency. Quote, We can't imagine anything more cruel than taking advantage of people who are suffering right now in this disaster, said Harris County Judge Linda Hidalgo at a Wednesday press conference. That's the sound of someone who's never done a day's work in their life and doesn't know how things happen. (laughs) Yeah, you know, if you don't increase the prices, you know, people like, like, and and I don't know if this, uh, this doesn't always apply perfectly across the board, but like, if you don't increase the prices... And people continue to utilize, like, say, electricity at the rate in which they did before or increase it. You know, you can turn down the heat. Right. And then everybody has electricity to go around. Now, maybe it's not going to be as nice and comfortable as you normally would have it. But you don't then maybe end up with the power outages. Mm -hmm. But you have to raise the rates in order to have that kind of impact. Right. Otherwise, people Mm -hmm. are going to crank it up. Right. (laughs) They've got no incentive to decrease their usage. Plus, you know, if you think there might be a shortage of water sometime in the next decade and you could make some money on on it, maybe you put a couple pallets of water aside somewhere. But who's going to pay for that storage space or hold on to a couple of pallets of water when there's nothing to be gained by doing it? Correct. And uh, so, you know, if you let the marketplace operate, as I'm sure the story here at Reason.com will, will you know, point out, it gives the correct incentives to the suppliers to say, hey, we need more of this. We're, going to, we're willing to pay more 
for this stuff than we normally are. So you should get out there and work hard to bring it to us because you're going to be able to raise your prices. Whereas if you bring out a, a pallet of water and it's all priced at the you know the, the normal price and there's no limits on how many somebody can uh, can buy or, or whatever, then the first person with a entrepreneurial mindset is going to come along, buy the entire pallet of water up, and then go and sell it at and, 10 times the price. And here's the other thing what people have yeah. to remember is they, people will also, in times of crisis, go out of the state, go out of the city. They will leave, and they will go to areas that aren't under uh, you know, storms. They're, they're, they don't have storms going on or whatever mm-hmm. crisis is going on. And they will buy up things like generators and then right. bring them Move to them. the crisis areas right. and then sell them at a profit. But if you don't allow them to do that, then the, 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 those items do don't end yeah. up where they're needed. Right. Because to them, it takes time and effort to drive to another right. state. Why would I drive eight hours or 16 hours, yeah. you know, somewhere somewhere far away to buy up the generators at some foreign, you know, uh yeah. Risking store. your life, yeah, by the way. yeah, yeah. Because right now the roads in, you know, at least Texas, for instance, these southern states, they don't have salt, mm-hmm. they, and they, they're full of Texas drivers. Yeah. I, I remember well, not, not, not right now. Most of them are scared to death. I bought uh, going out there. I bought well, scared Texas drivers are no better. Yeah. I bought a generator uh, during one of the storm stormy weather's on the East Coast, mm-hmm. actually, and. I didn't buy it locally. There, there was no generators locally, and uh, I bought it from somebody who literally did that. They drove the eight or sixteen hours or whatever, and they came and back. Delivered and, it. Yeah, and the next wow. day I had a I had a generator, but it, you know it came at a premium. Six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. We'll talk more about these bureaucrats who are attacking those who would actually provide a product or service during a disaster and who want to charge for it. Mm. Uh, the number here is six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. We'll tell you more about that. Plus. Bitcoin hits $1 trillion in total market cap value for the first time today. It's a pretty big day. Also, $56,000 per Bitcoin uh, price, another record high. It's an amazing time for Bitcoin. We'll tell you more about that coming up here. You can join us on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, dial in. Join us, 603-283-6160. You want to weigh in on what's happening down there in the south of Texas is a large number of people out of power, large number of people with no running water. And, of course, there's a huge run on the grocery stores, empty shelves. We'll talk more about so-called price gouging. It's always in the news whenever there's some sort of a disaster. And somebody tries to actually act like, oh, I don't know, somebody in the free marketplace might act and raise their prices because they have a limited inventory and they want to have the ability to get more inventory. When all is said and done, uh, then they're punished for it. They're threatened by government agencies and government gang members. And we will tell you more about that. Uh, Of course, your calls and thoughts are welcome here. Our number is 603-283-6160. And I want you to know that Bitcoin.com is where you can go to learn more about Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, and cryptocurrency in general. You can click Get Started at the top of the page. You think it's too late? Bitcoin's at $56,000? No, it's probably not too late. There's a good chance that uh, the price of cryptocurrencies are going to continue to go up, especially as governments around the world are printing more and more of their so-called money, their fiat money, uh, out and devaluing it. That just likely means you're going to see the price of Bitcoin go up. I can't make predictions about the future, but... I, feel I like think he just did. I think that I think that's likely what's going to happen. It doesn't uh, seem like it'd be unreasonable to hit two hundred thousand, hundred thousand to two hundred thousand. A hundred thousand seems like it's doable in the next few weeks. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's if if we look at what crypto did like 
basically last time where it went from two to twenty thousand. I mean, that was like a tenfold rise. So if we to say from you know ten to twenty thousand, you know, we're looking at somewhere between one hundred and two hundred thousand, um, probably. I like that prediction. Go to Bitcoin.com, learn more there. And if you're not new to crypto, you want to get the latest news headlines, go to news.bitcoin.com. Uh, it's Ian Nobody and Chris in the studio here. Let's go to Vernon. He's in Louisiana. Vernon, you're on Free Talk Live. So the de- completely deregulated Texas power market has served their customers very well through this trying time. And When was I it completely deregulated? To- Completely. Really? There are no regulations on power. (laughs) No regulations on power in Texas. No. I could you can go buy from whoever you want. You can go buy from wherever you want. Really. It it really is. Hmm. And so my question is, why so so there there was no incentive. And I'm not advocating for against the government or anything. I'm just pointing out the facts and getting your opinion. Okay. So these Private companies that run the you've got you've got the distributor first that goes to the home right you've got the you've got the company that owns the power lines that go between the power plant and the distributor and then you've got the power generator that owns the power plant and so you have you have these private companies again that didn't do what they were supposed to to make sure that their natural gas lines wouldn't freeze in the wintertime they didn't power up their backup plants so that they would have enough power through this whole thing. And look at what happened. Millions of people without power when it was zero degrees outside. So I'm just trying to figure out, you know, where the free market came in and helped these good people out. You know what I mean? Well, first off, there is no free market. There is not a free market in any state in the union. Um, and there never has been since, you know, like 1912, 1910 or something. Run into realistic world that you all want to live in so i I can answer some of these questions so the the way the free market probably would deal with unreliable utilities we just have to look at third world countries and you start looking at seeing what they're doing and they they purchase generators and gas and things like that so when the power goes out uh you know they can keep their businesses operating um yeah but generally you also need sorry go ahead nobody um you know, you also need to be free to compete. And there is nowhere in America where you are free to compete in energy because guess what? Even if the state government isn't re- isn't regulating you, the federal government is. So the idea that there are no regulations on power generation in Texas is simply a lie. Oh, oh for sure. There's, there's going to be regulations on where you can operate a power plant. There's going to be regulations on all sorts of things that are unrelated to to, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure they're not going to allow a power plant to be, you know, I don't know, built in, uh, you know, the middle of a, I don't know, town, right? Like without I mean, asking for permission. Yeah, and I, off I, I would. So for the rest highly of the, skeptical of that. So for the rest of the questions, I'd have to say, come back and answer, ask them when your premise is not false. Yeah, uh, there is a, according to a CNBC story here. The majority of the state's power is controlled by an organization known as the Electric Reliability Council of Texas, known as ERCOT. A private entity. Uh, yeah, yeah, except it was created by the government. Uh, so because not they, private. Yeah, because it, it was first created, it was not 
deregulated, but they deregulated it all. So now it's yeah, completely that's, you know in the that's hands not true, of Vernon. private industry. I mean, I mean, why just, would you say that they <laughs> eliminated? You, know, you just totally undermine the word yes, deregulated. Right. <laughs> yeah, uh, ERCOT, according to Wikipedia, is a membership-based right? 501c for nonprofit corporation governed by a board of directors and subject to oversight by the Public Utility Commission of Texas and the Texas Legislature. So it's as government, it's as non-government as the Postal Listen, Service. I, I can agree. And the Federal I, Reserve. I can agree with you that you do have to start somewhere. Unfortunately, yeah. it, it, it tends to start and stop with the government and it never actually gets completed. So you end up with privatization and a single monopoly that owns everything or something along those lines. Yeah. This is about, can you, in New Hampshire, can you go buy your power yes. from another company? Yes. Like, do you have yes. a choice? Yes. You do have a choice. Yes. What? Like, I'm not talking about go buy a generator and power your no. own house. I'm yeah, talking no, about you, you going to another private company. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, there you go. Then y'all are the y'all have probably, maybe y'all have about the same setup as Texas. I have no idea. No, we but don't because we actually way, have cold I, weather here. So the power company here knows how to deal with cold weather. Yeah. They have experience with it. Their power grid. Their uh, you know, their generating stations are cold weather equipped, and that doesn't stop a branch from crashing through some power lines on occasion and knocking mm-hmm. out some power in yep. some places. Uh, but they, yeah, they, but they, I guess what I'm trying to say is that these people, the, these private companies that run the things in Texas, they don't, they don't have any incentive to to take the time to winterize their stuff. Well, they do and now. They should be prepared. For well, it. that's because it, they're it not greedy. They're the only and, and humans the on earth here's the thing. who don't work to make money, so they have no incentive. Well, then there you go. Then you, then your power goes out when on the off chance <laughs> it gets zero degrees. Listen, in Texas. listen, listen. It doesn't happen very often. It may, but it, does. it may be that the free market is saying, especially that no we don't want to pay for higher prices in order to you know weatherproof the power grid and that's fine that just means that you're going to have to take responsibility for yourself if you want to have power during colder weather what it means is that it's likely that no one in texas thought this was going to happen because it has never happened that's more likely to be the case sure and so they went ahead and just didn't think about this because they didn't have to ever yeah and now i guarantee you there's plenty of people that are thinking real hard on what to do To make sure this doesn't happen again. And what are you saying, Vernon? Are you saying you think a centralized government bureaucracy that would have controlled all of the power grid would have done a better job? I am simply pointing out that the free market seems to have failed. In it's Texas not a free time. market, dude. Yeah. You should look up how many people starved when China, when the Chinese government took over food production there. It was millions dead. Yeah, this, definitely not a free this market. This isn't a free market. It's a government-regulated marketplace from top to bottom with a little bit of deregulation. But you can't start your own power generating company <laughs> and compete. Good luck. We're coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Bitcoin.com is the best source for learning about cryptocurrency. Go there now. Click on Get Started at the top of the page. Once you do that, you'll find a cornucopia of information neatly organized for your needs. If you're a knowledgeable crypto user, check out news.bitcoin.com where you can get the latest headlines. Bitcoin.com is your source for buying cryptocurrency, getting a wallet app, mining, trading, and all the latest cryptocurrency news, all on a slick and easy-to-use website, all put together by the best minds in the business to teach you about cryptocurrency. Bitcoin.com. It's Free Talk Live, and you're invited if you want to join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. The typical um, 
mainstream mythology was on display with that last caller who believes that anytime the mainstream media utters the word deregulation about a given industry, it's a free market now. All the regulations are gone. The government's paying no attention whatsoever. So therefore, Texas was, in his mind, a free market in power generation and distribution. And it's not. Nope. And it doesn't take that much digging to find this out, okay? I don't live in Texas, all right? I don't know a whole lot about what's going on in Texas. But a quick look on the internet reveals a little bit of the history behind this ERCOT organization, E-R-C-O-T, the ironically named Electric Reliability Council of Texas. (laughs) (laughs) Should have seen that one coming. Yeah. Uh, They reliably fail. Yeah. Uh, so, according to the Wikipedia page, on August 21st of 1996, the Public Utilities Commission endorsed an electric utility joint task force recommendation that the ERCOT become an ISO, which stands for Inde- Independent System Operator. The uh, This ensured that an impartial third-party organization was overseeing equitable... Impartial. <laughs> <laughs> equitable access to the transmission system among competitive market participants. In September of 96, the change became official when the ERCOT Board of Directors initiated operations as a nonprofit ISO. The Texas legislature restructured the electric market in 1999 by unbundling the investor-owned utilities and creating retail customer choice in those areas and assigned ERCOT four primary responsibilities. Here's a clue that this isn't a free market. When the legislature tells you what you have to do, okay, that's a, that's a clue. That's your first indicator that you're not in a free market is when the legislator comes to your organization that only exists because of the legislature and due to the legislature, and then they further tell you that you have to do system reliability, planning and operations, open access to transmission, retail switching process for customer choice, and wholesale market settlement for electricity production and delivery. So it's just another government fail. Yeah, it's just another centrally managed system that they call deregulated. And they call it that because it does have some level of choice. There is the ability for you to make a choice of who your power supplier is, just like here in New Hampshire. It's more of a perception of choice because you're not actually getting the power from the company that you're paying. So Well, I don't know how all that works. Like here in New Hampshire, there are different power, quote, suppliers. Yeah. But the delivery method, the lines on which the, the power way is delivered the is whole, the same company. Yeah. So as I understand it, the way the whole system works is you basically get to pick the company, but what actually ends up being like, let's say I want to go with a clean you know, supplier of electricity. Mm-hmm. I may not get that clean supplier supply of electricity. I'm going to get whatever is the most efficient uh efficient for my location so if there's a dirty power power plant you know around the corner that's where my electricity is still coming from i'm even though i'm paying Hmm. you know another company that does clean power generation yeah i don't know how all that how that all shakes out like how does that work if you're getting the power from the it's it's just it's just like pulling the wool over our eyes is basically Hmm. what it comes down to it's a scam yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) it really is uh so going on here they talk more about the the PUC, the Public Utilities Commission, that's the government, ordered ERCOT, which is, quote, not the government, to begin developing a nodal wholesale market design in September of 2003 with the goal of improving market and operating efficiencies. 
The order was approved in 2006, and the nodal market went live in 2010. So it literally took them most of an entire decade to develop this, whatever the hell a nodal wholesale market design is. It took them (laughs) 70 years from the idea to the final market going live. The market features real-time generation dispatch by ERCOT, locational marginal prices for generation at more than 8,000 nodes, a day-ahead energy and ancillary services co-optimized market, day-ahead and hourly reliability, unit commitment, and congestion revenue rights. I have no idea what any of that stuff is. But it's very clever. How's that working out for them, being Mm -hmm. clever? Well, um, (laughs) yeah, there's no liability for them for screwing this up, right? Like, I mean, people are freezing to death out there in Texas. Uh, We had a guy call in earlier this week saying that it was in the 20s in his apartment complex. Yikes. Inside his apartment complex for some number of days. You can't even get, like, an electric heater because the power is... no power. Yeah. And that's all they have is electric Yeah, and you can't, like, put a... I mean, how are you going to do a generator? Because the generator is going to have to go outside, and if you're in an apartment, that's not even feasible. Maybe the building could have a generator, though. In uh, related news, according to oilprice.com, the Texas freeze has raised the cost of charging a Tesla to $900. Yes. The electricity shortage in Texas amid the cold snap has sent spot electricity prices soaring. So much the surge in power prices equals a cost of $900 for charging a Tesla car. The typical full charge on a Tesla was usually costing you around $18 using your your at-home charger. Uh, I mean, that's that's not bad compared to, you know, a tank of gas or whatever, right? Yeah, well, you said like eight, eight, $18 compared to $800 now? Well, so yeah, it's gone up quite a bit. $900? From, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a substantial rise. So the $18 estimate yeah. is based on an average price of $0.14 cents per kilowatt hour of power. However, the extreme we- winter weather has sent Texas spot electricity prices soaring as the wind turbines froze in the ice storms and reduced the wind power generating capacity by half in the Lone Star State. Spot electricity prices at the West Hub have soared above the grid's 9000 per megawatt hour cap compared to a normal price of $25 per megawatt hour. So going from oh, 20... they have a Green New Deal down there? <laughs> yeah, the New Deal is $9,000 per hour. Wow. Per megawatt hour. The Electric Reliability Council of Texas, ERCOT, called on Monday for rotating outages across the state as extreme winter weather forced wind power generating units offline while electricity demand set a new winter peak record. At the same time, freezing cold and ice storms cut off almost half of the wind power capacity in Texas. Uh, Quote, we are dealing with higher than normal generation outages due to frozen wind turbines and limited natural gas supplies available to generating units. In Texas, wind power generation overtook coal-fired power generation in 2020 for the first time ever with wind power now accounting for 25 percent of the texas electricity generation doesn't isn't texas one of the states that has like actual capacity as far as uh you know gas and such well natural gas fired power generation is the leading source of electricity in texas with more than 45 percent of the power share so they're leading the u.s for wind power installations but the wind power turbines are frozen (laughs) So, you know, that <laughs> kind of makes you cut it. kind of makes you wonder because uh, New Hampshire has some wind turbines now too, but presumably they are weatherized or winterized or whatever. Yeah, the whole thing seems a little suspect to me because you know, 
wind turbines go in all over the world, and it seems odd that they would have one type of them that's like designed to freeze and de- deployed only to Texas. Mm. Um, very strange. Yeah, again, I, I don't know about the details on those. I can tell you the the uh, wind generators that we've seen here in the Monadnock region, they, they seem to spin just fine during the cold weather. So, and we get down to negative 20 sometimes. Yeah. Anyway, that's uh, that's what's going on there. So apparently uh, you're going to be paying quite a bit of money to charge your Tesla, and that would be a real shock to the system because do you find that out after the fact? I imagine you do because how many people have any kind of reading inside their home of what the current rate of electricity costs? You know, you're gonna are you gonna end up with a bill for three thousand dollars at the end of this month, whereas normally you might pay fifty or a hundred bucks for a month of power in Texas? Yikes. What's gonna happen then? Hmm. I can tell you one thing: if that were the case, I wouldn't pay it. Yeah, it's like hey, <laughs> I didn't agree to this rate. Yeah. This is crazy. Six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. That's six zero three two eight three six one six zero. If you want to weigh in, especially if you're in Texas, if you got enough power to uh, make a phone call and you can get through, feel free to let us know what is happening there on the ground. Uh, and you can bring up anything that you want to discuss. Plus, the $1 trillion level has been reached for Bitcoin. We'll tell you about it. It's uh, big news. This is Free Talk Live. Talk live and the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. It is Ian Nobody and Chris here in the studio tonight. Also want to say thank you to Libertarian Banker. He's a Free Talk Live gold amplifier. And thank you, uh, Banker, for helping us amp the show. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. It is a way for you to help us get on more radio stations around the country, bring new internet listeners on board, expose new people to the ideas of freedom. So appreciate you, uh, Libertarian Banker, and everybody else who is part of the AMP program. You get some cool perks. You get some benefits. Uh, if you sign up over at amp.freetalklive.com and you can use credit card, debit card, PayPal, and even Bitcoin BTC. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Singularity in our chat room over at chat.freetalklive.com points out that the wind turbines froze in Texas because they didn't think they would ever need to install de-icing features on them. So, uh, nobody, you are incorrect. Apparently, the turbines out there... You know, you got to pay extra if you want to have de-icing features uh, on them. You know, it doesn't. It wouldn't surprise me if the cost outweighed the benefit. And you know, I could see this potentially being something that does happen in a free market. Uh, potentially, what do you mean? Somebody cutting corners, or um, well, somebody not, not preparing against no. a an expensive event that the cost just isn't mm-hmm. worth it. Would you rather pay a dollar more per kilowatt hour or maybe have uh, half a percent half a percentage of down uh a downtime. be down yeah. half half a percent of the time right and if you ask Sometimes the customers, people, if you ask the customers three weeks ago that question 
or three years ago or whatever. You ask them the question saying, all right, well, we'd like to, we're thinking about upgrading the wind turbines to where they will not be frozen in, you know, a freak occurrence of a, uh, an ice storm or whatever. Uh, customers, do you think we should go ahead and spend the money? We are going to have to raise your rates yeah. in order to do that. I mean, the, and the customers would say, no, don't do it. I get, almost guarantee yeah. you to be like, this is crazy. This is and, Texas. It doesn't get that And cold. the thing the thing is, uh, you know, this is the sort of thing where you can often prepare. You know, it's like you can buy a generator. I have a generator. Um, mm-hmm. I think you you have a generator, don't we you? We do have a generator. Here, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, people buy generators for this reason. And I don't I don't anticipate the power going out for any length of time. Mm-hmm. But it can happen. You sure. know, once every 10 years, maybe, you know, you can get a, a lengthy downtime or maybe once every 50 years and a kind of a really unusual stormy event where but that's like taking responsibility for yourself. I know we can't have that now, can we? <laughs> <laughs> and I guarantee you the people of Texas are right now saying they did want to have. Oh, yeah, we would have. Had- oh, yeah. If you just asked us, we would have said yes. No, you- no, you wouldn't. Mm. You wouldn't have. But now they do. Well, they should have said something to the electrical reliability people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have. Uh, I'm I- sure they would have gotten right, right on, on that. that. I have a generator and I also have gas as a backup storage. Gas, for that event. like like pourable gas you yeah pourable okay. gas and i test the generator every once in a while and make sure it's still working you know there are some things you can do to take personal responsibility for your situation now you may not be able to prepare and you know against every possible scenario well, yeah, but there's certain scenarios that you know you can pretty much predict will probably eventually happen if you're in an apartment complex however you can't i mean they're not going to let you hook a generator yeah that to, is uh, that couldn't be a challenge yeah. um but these are these are also things that you know you, now that's going to be something that some apartment complexes are going to start advertising yeah it's probably could, tomorrow they're gonna be like hey you can come and live here and we've got a big old generator out back so if something bad happens yep we and if you, you if you feel you need a generator um then you know and you don't want to have to go to the local community center to stay warm uh you know in in an emergency situation then maybe you want to make sure that you know that apartment that you rent that the building has a generator a working generator and maybe it's in your contract or you know whatever else that might need uh, to be done. And if you can't get that, well, maybe you need to move somewhere else where you can get that. Hmm. I want to go to Scott. He's on the line in Florida. Scott the Bigot is on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, I'd like to say that uh, my heart goes out to the uh, the victims in Texas. Uh, they're suffering terribly, and this is a reflection of you the U.S. government. It's, yeah, I do have a heart. Oh. I, hate the, I hate the United States government. And I can see how callous the U.S. government is. But I'm going to tell you this good news, gentlemen, tonight, and I'll tell you why. America's on its way out. I want all you listeners to know that. America's on, America's on borrowed time. And this is proof. This is not an abstraction. This is The stock market's going to crash very soon. The dollar's going to crash. It's on life support. It's on borrowed time. You've got 70 to 80 million unemployed Americans. The U.S. economy is in a second great depression. Let's call it what it is. It's in a second great depression. It's not in a recession. It's in a second great depression. Mm. You have millions homeless, millions more hungry, no health care, no dignity, no hope. America will collapse soon. And it cannot continue to have 1% own everything. And the other 99 are treated like slaves. Now, America desperately needs a second great revolution. And it's on its way. The American people are not going to be enslaved because it's only so much they're going to take. Eventually, when they have not, when, when you have nothing to lose, as Gerald Salenti, I don't know if you're familiar with him, I watch his podcast, when you have nothing to lose, when you have nothing to lose, you lose it. Uh, so this is what I, I, I instead of talking in a fraction, this is what I recommend to your listeners. You do have power. Your first power is don't take the vaccine. 
Please don't. That's number one. Number two, don't, take don't what? pay your taxes. The vaccine. Now, I know you're going to laugh at that. You've got, oh, i got to pay my taxes. If millions of Americans banned it and said, no, we will not pay our well, taxes. Well, there actually no are millions pay. of Americans who don't pay taxes. There really are a whole lot of them out there, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. There are not everybody has to pay I've taxes. I've only filed once since 2000. Yeah, I stopped in 2004 because I cannot, in good conscience, give money to an organization that murders innocent people and puts other innocent people behind bars for the, mm. their entire lives for non-crimes and victimless crimes. And so for me, it's a moral uh, issue. Yeah. Beyond the only reason minister. I filed when I did was because I was getting money back and I wasn't going to leave that in the hands of monsters. How, what, how many years has it been? For me? Yeah. Uh, since 2004. So it's, it's so I'm not paying taxes, gentlemen. I, I'm not. Almost I made up years. my mind. I owe Massachusetts money, the U.S. government, and I really mean this. And I'm not just saying it. I'm going to have a backbone. I'm not going to pay it. They want to come after me in an emergency. I'll make an arrangement with a lawyer or whatever. But I'm not paying them. I'm not going to pay extortion because that's what tax money is. It's extortion. They're not fixing roads, schools. They're using it to bomb other countries to enslave their citizens. But I want to leave you with a thought. You know, you say that I'm a bigoty, and which is true, but, I, but I'll I show do, you. I do, and then I, always, I feel I... a little bad when you don't bring the bigotry out on display. But I'm going to tell you something that, that that's gonna, you're going to shock you. This is my dream. I have a dream that all of these groups could get together and fight the United States government. And you're going to be shocked, but I'm going to list you their names. If Antifa, Black Lives Matter, Klansmen, Nazis, Skinheads, Proud Boys, Boogaloo, Oath Keepers, Westboro Baptist Church, John Birch Society, Posse Comitatus, Sovereign Citizens, Militiamen, ex-veterans, could bury the hatchet, put aside their differences and say, we got a bigger enemy, and the bigger enemy is the United States government. That would be a very important deterrent. And I think I agree I, with I'm you. Actually, are, you're singing my together. song now. Yeah, I, 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 I don't think I think I think everybody here would agree with you, except the question yeah. is, who's going to lead the way? Are you going to lead the way? Are well, you going to be the one who steps up to the there plate? Doesn't really Somebody has to, to step be, up to the plate. There doesn't well, really need to be a central leadership. I'm not saying there has to be a central leadership. I'm just saying there's got to be that one guy that steps up to the plate, and then there's got to be people who step up to the plate to follow him. I think nobody can do that. Well, you're going to lead the way. Nobody's nobody? been working on it. I mean, <laughs> that was my whole point behind uh, reaching out to Black Lives Matter. Um, it was a good part of the reason that I took cell four one one back. Uh, uh on because it's a good start you know uh and it's that. one of the reasons that i've been working to get gun churches established in in other places yeah and, and you have um, been saying on the air and off the air nobody that these groups should get together so uh oh, at yeah. the very it's least true. At, whether they want to get together or not but at the very least focus yeah. their efforts on the real problem which is mm-hmm. the state which is the government. Yeah, and that's the thing is you don't really have to get together afterwards. Just I have mean, to agree on time are, and place. There are certainly <laughs> uh, black folks in America that will never trust a predominantly white uh, government. That's that's fine. I mean, one of the few groups that's ever actually offered the black community any protection was the Black Panthers. So, you know, enlist them to do your law enforcement. Yeah, uh, no. Scott, thanks for the call tonight. I do appreciate hearing from you. At least in that case, it was actually a pretty good call. Yeah, yeah. He's. Uh, I, I don't know. I, th- I think. I think we've been a good influence on him so far. I, I think our boy so. is growing up. I- <laughs> <laughs> 
I hope so. Uh, and, and that would be good. And it is just a messaging, you know, that needs to get out there. It doesn't mean that these people have to sit down and break bread together, although that, mm-hmm. that would be nice. Uh, it doesn't mean that. It just mm-hmm. means that they need to wake up and stop blaming these mm-hmm. other groups of victims. Everybody here is being victimized by the state. Yep. They are the ones who are threatening us. They're the ones who are th- putting our brothers and sisters into prison cells, and they're the enemy. Yep. And they're the people who are shooting people down in the streets. Of all colors. I may not like your yes. tactics, but if you step up with the plate, I'll have some respect for you, that's for sure. 603-283-6160. We also got to get back into the gouging story. We barely scratched the surface on that. Now um, we got to gouge it. There we go. <laughs> Coming up in hour number two, and you can bring up what you want as well. It's Free Talk Live. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, kicking off the second hour here. We got time if you want to join us at 603 283 6160. That's 603 283. 6160 in the studio with you tonight. You've got Ian. Pope Indigent the First of the Church of the Invisible Hand. And Chris. And of course, you can take control of the airways. For those of you just tuning in at the beginning of the last hour, we had started talking about price gouging. <gasps> the government. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, as the government likes no. to claim, they like to uh, go out there and and drag entrepreneurs through the mud whenever there's some sort of a disaster that goes on uh, because the natural inclination of, well, people that actually want to work during a disaster is to make some money from the work that Mm -hmm. they're doing, which in many cases is somewhat risky work. Yeah. Uh, And so they, Mm -hmm. at the very least, should be able to charge whatever they want to charge and one of the reasons why they should be able to do that is because it allows for market incentives to sort of adjust or normalize or whatever yeah. you want to say in those circumstances. It allows people to mobilize for their for their own profit and for the benefit of others. And that's what people don't understand about the free market is you you profit yourself by benefiting others. That's the whole that's right. point. They're paying you because you're giving them something they they want want more than the money. And if they don't want it more than the money, they're not going to give you the money. But what about the poor? Nobody. I mean, they're, you know, these prices are going up. They could double. They could Mm -hmm. triple. Uh, Doesn't that lock people out of opportunity? Well, the poor are certainly no worse off having something around at a high price than they are having nothing around at all. I mean, and people do tend to be relatively generous. So if you have to pay some extra money for water because it's expensive at the moment, I would say think of your fellow man. Reach out and help him out if you can. But if you can't get any water either... 
you can't help him. Yeah, you know, it seems like it seems like these types of situations would actually help the poor because they could make money off of providing you know mm-hmm. some sort of service that they wouldn't otherwise be able to provide sure. and making an actual profit off doing so. Right. Normally, you know, bringing somebody a bottle of water ain't going to make you much money, but yeah, during a crisis, de- yeah. you could actually make some money off it from delivering the people who actually things, do have money, delivering yeah. things that people yeah. need who are too afraid to leave their house or whatever. Yeah. Sure, yeah. I did that during the. Uh, they had an Obama. Uh, rally up here, the one where Will Kostrick got uh, uh, harassed by the Secret Service. And, For open carrying? Uh, yeah, and ended up on uh, on national TV. You know, one of the things I was doing during that is there was a gas station uh, quite near to the crowd that was selling water by the case, cold. Mm-hmm. So I was running back and forth to that gas station with uh, with a milk crate, and I was filling it up with water at the gas station at, at like 25 cents a piece. And then I was uh, running running the water out to people and selling it an 800% profit at $2 a piece. Um, and, you know, nobody was complaining because, well, nobody wasn't complaining. Uh, there were no complaints uh, because... They didn't want to walk back to the ga- back right. to the gas right. station. <laughs> they were into what they were doing. You saved them the time. You saved them the hassle, and you brought them refreshment. I mean, it, exactly. It and how that becomes incomprehensible when there's an emergency, when you most need things. I mean, that's when you call up and you say, "Look, I really need this. I will trade you more than I normally would for it." So I'm going to go to the story here from Reason.com. They're talking about Texas, specifically in this case, San Antonio Mayor Ron Nirenberg and Bear County. I think I was told it's pronounced Bear County, B-E-X-A-R. Uh, is that right? Bear County? Yes. Okay. Uh, Judge Nelson Wolf amended the emergency declaration to remind folks that it is illegal to, quote, sell groceries, restaurant meals, medicine, hotel rooms, or fuel for more than the regular retail price. Another moron politician brought to you by the America's joke of a political system. (laughs) (laughs) The day before, the Texas Attorney General's office tweeted information about its own consumer protection hotline where people can report price gouging to state authorities. Wow, because if he if I hadn't paid $8 for that bottle of water, I could have gotten a bottle of water and a pack of cigarettes. Representative yeah. uh, But jo- I didn't need the cigarettes. Joaquin really. Castro, a Democrat from Texas, got uh, in on the action as well in a tweet that inadvertently made the case for the gougers. He's here's what he wrote on his Twitter at Joaquin Castro TX. Quote, we need resources to get essential food and medical supplies to people who can't get a warning, uh, get to a warming center or relative's house. We're headed for another deep freeze in San Antonio tonight and tomorrow, starting another potentially lethal cycle. Meanwhile, potential price gouging by energy suppliers, hotels, and other businesses is occurring through the state because of scarcity. No price gouging at HEB, but here's just one shelf from earlier today, which he shows a photo, and it's completely empty. So the, wow. point, the, the point being, he's saying, oh, H-E-B, which is a grocer there in, in Texas, they're mm. not price gouging. And look, they're completely sold They don't sold have out. anything. Of course. Yeah. They have no incentive to restock in a more timely fashion than they otherwise would have. Right. 
Quote, uh, the, uh, the reason story here says that the grocery store he visited had both, quote, fair prices and empty shelves is no mere coincidence. Texas this is-, is why we call you a moron, by the way. This is why their shelves are empty, you idiot. Texas's price gouging laws effectively mandate this outcome when a demand surges for a product, but prices are required by law to stay flat or rise only slightly. Consumers will quickly buy up whatever they can get their hands on at a cost that doesn't reflect the sudden urgency of their purchase. And then, by the way, most some of those consumers will go and flip that product. Because oh, yeah. they, of course they will. <laughs> they can see the opportunity and they're not as people regulated. Aren't they're dumb. willing to take the risk. Most yeah. people aren't that dumb. Meanwhile, the higher prices that would incentivize market actors to expand the supply of suddenly scarce goods are cut out of the equation, ensuring that shortages will continue as long as emergency levels of demand remain. This contrasts with what we'd expect to happen in a free market, as Duke political scientist Mike Munger explained last year to reason, quote, if the price of something goes up and there's a shortage, three great things happen. The first is that consumers buy less. They look at the price and they say, you know, somebody else must need this more than I do. And they leave some for the person behind them. Had the HEB Castro visited, uh, the HEB Castro visited, raised its prices to meet market demand, the people who got there before him probably would have bought fewer cans of tuna or rolls of toilet paper, helping to preserve the store's limited supply. The second thing that producers try to find, uh, the second thing is that producers try to find ways to make more. Because they're getting more money. So they're going to re, you know, if you've got a factory and it's cranking out things that aren't as useful in this Mm -hmm. emergency, they're going to stop those products Mm -hmm. and they're going to crank out the things that are more useful. If if they can, but that can sometimes require investment. And the investment, if they can't raise the prices to compensate, they they won't be able to uh, raise the funds in order to reinvest that into machinery that normally wouldn't be cost effectively to invest in. Yeah. The other thing is, because they're normally in the business of producing something else, they might be able, for example, say there were an actual need for face masks uh, because, may, you know, maybe there was some bacterial disease that would actually be stopped by one. Um, you know, you might not, if you own a blue jean factory, you might not be able to produce masks as efficiently as the guy who built his whole factory to produce right. masks. But you can produce masks. They're just going to cost more mm-hmm. to produce. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, of course, if you can only charge the customary price, you're not going to do it or you're not going to stay in business. He says the third things that entrepreneurs do is they try to find ways to make substitutes. Without the allure of higher prices, out-of-state companies and amateur entrepreneurs help less incentive or have less incentive to ship in bottled water and generators on Texas's ice-covered highways. Can't get a face mask? Just use a diaper. Price gouging laws require these would-be suppliers take on extra hassle, risk, and expense to sell their wares at the same price they could get back home. So why bother? 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You want to talk about gouging? You're welcome to bring up whatever's on your mind as well. This is Free Talk Live coming up. One trillion dollar Bitcoin. This is Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. 603-283-6160 is our number. 
Me and nobody and Chris in the studio, 603-283-6160. By the way, NEPay 2.0 is here, and crypto payments are now faster than ever. If you're using Edge Wallet, Hand Cash, Bitcoin.com's wallet, or Dash Wallet, your experience should be smooth. But if you're using another wallet like Coinomi or Exodus, it's probably not going to work at all because those wallets need to do an upgrade, and there are ways to encourage them to do that sooner rather than later. You can go to anypayinc.com slash upgrade to do that. That's anypayinc.com slash upgrade. They'll tell you a little bit about why some wallets work and others don't, and then uh, what you can do to help by contacting the programmers behind Coinomi, Exodus, RelayX, Bread Wallet, uh, and go to anypayinc.com slash upgrade to learn how to do that. We sure would appreciate it. That's anypayinc.com slash upgrade, and you will help make the cryptocurrency marketplace a better place for everybody to make payments. We go to your calls, and we'll talk about crypto coming up here with Bitcoin hitting $1 trillion. Not per Bitcoin. Whoa. Not per Bitcoin. I am wealthy. I am one wealthy man. <laughs> I, I, I never thought I'd be a trillionaire. But uh, the Bitcoin total market cap surpassed $1 trillion today, and we'll tell you about that on the way. But first, Dave That's Ridley. That's kind of a deceptive number, though. Well, like, we'll get into it. Uh, you can tell me why you say that. But first, Dave Ridley Market is, cap in general. Let's go, to, let's go to Ridley first here. Uh, Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com. You're on Free Talk Live. Yeah. Well, um, they say imitation is a sincerest form of flattery, and now a group is uh, imitating the Free State Project in really? New Hampshire. They're doing Groovy. it in New Hampshire? A group in New Hampshire is imitating the Free State Project. Okay. What group? Is it a competitor to the so, Free State Project, or is it like actually like they're trying to act like they are the Free State Project? What group will tell us that? I think, it's, I, I think I may have the EUR. It's possible I may have the URL wrong. I think it's nhredcarpet.com. Hmm. And what they're doing is trying to recruit conservatives to move to New Hampshire. Oh, that's not the Free State oh. Project at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, very God. different. This, very is bad. Different. this is bad news. No, I think it's good news, because if you look at their website, all six of the issues that they bring up are liberty issues. They didn't bring up re regulating drugs or stopping illegal immigrants or anything like that. Uh, all their issues were liberty issues, so that's, that's a good sign. Well, I mean, you know, the thing is, the, 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 the plus side to this is the chances are of them succeeding is very, very... Uh, unlikely um there's been so many project migration projects over the years that people have tried to start and how many can you name that have actually been successful i can name one and that's the free state project well, so the bottom uh, line though is you know i think it would be a net benefit to us just by getting more gun owners maybe. here getting more militant gun owners here we don't have to agree with the people who are fighting on I mean, our side we just have to agree to let each other exist after and live in their own, in our own way after the thing is over that's but, why i push motley anarchism the world is not going to be all ancap or all ancom uh it's not going to be all anything yeah it's but, going to be a world of a lot of contrasts and good for it the problem i think here is that you don't have uh, libertarians. They don't agree with the left or the right They're They agree with a little bit of people on the left, and a little bit of people on the right. And so if you try mm -hmm. to bring one side or the other to the table, 
um, it, it, it's it's not it's not necessarily going to give us anything different than what we've already got to a great degree. Well, maybe we should um, start a program to bring liberal gun owners to New Hampshire, and then and then we'll have all our bases covered. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I, there's definitely the. Whether you're liberal or conservative, I can certainly work with you on whatever the issues are that we agree oh, on. Oh, yeah, There's right. No Absolutely. Don't, don't doubt about it. Uh, but just because they're not putting, you know, we're anti-abortion on the front page of their website doesn't mean that they're not right. anti-abortion or well, that they don't want to shove their religion down my throat. They can be anti-abortion, though. You don't have to live in the same jurisdiction as them. They're moving to New Hampshire. When it's when it's over. Well, we're planning on doing a lot of breaking up, though. We're plan- uh, I mean, we're working to secede from the Union. Right. It's quite likely City states. that when we've seceded from the <laughs> Union, maybe each county in New Hampshire will turn out to be a completely different political jurisdiction mm-hmm. because, frankly, that's a more realistic scenario for, uh, I think, for governance than to do it on the state level. Might have to, I might have to make a, a move here then because this is going to be the left territory. <laughs> um, it probably will. We'll probably end up in Grafton or something, but, but who cares? Ridley, yeah. where did you find out about this group, this NH Red Carpet? I think I just saw it on Facebook somewhere, just on my feed. I don't mm. remember the, where the feed came from. So, what do you think but, about uh, it, Ridley? I mean, you, one, one you think thing, this to, is good? one thing to keep in. I'm sorry. What you think this is a good good thing? Mostly, one thing to keep in mind is well, you know, Republic or uh, conservatives will generally vote for Republicans, and uh, there have been there was there was an organization called uh, org and there's also the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance that have repeatedly raided all the state reps. Uh, the Liberty Alliance has done it more often. Uh, when they rate them on their voting records, you know how libertarian their votes are. The Republicans do dramatically better than the Democrats in New Hampshire. So uh, I mean, if they just come here and and they don't do anything else but vote for Republicans, we actually get more liberty out of that. Um, that is true, but I would point out that they. Uh, that that particular organization, as a matter of policy, avoids rating people on sexual freedom, um, and they just they just don't open that can of worms. Yeah. So you know, in some of those areas, I think that's deceptive. But like I say, in practice, I don't think any one faction will end up in control of the whole state. Well, LFOD.org, I think, did uh, a different, they had different metrics for rating, but it's still basically libertarian. And they came to the same conclusion that Republicans are voting for liberty on on issues dramatically more than Democrats in New Hampshire like it or launch it. Well, one thing's for sure, the, uh, the you know a lot of the free staters, the libertarians that have moved here, are running for political office under the Republican banner. Yeah, and for so sure. And so I think you're right on the analysis, Ridley. If these people just move here and vote Republican, they will unwittingly vote for a bunch of libertarians across the state. So mm-hmm. that's that much is true. Even as despicable as the Republican Party is, it's a little bit less despicable here because of the libertarian influence. And, you know, these may well be some of the least bad conservatives out there that would move to the live free or die state for, uh, 
you know, and do this. You know, you know? And, and there is there is something else I think to be said here. I think there is a lot, there is a bit of, uh, there's a bit more overlap, I think, between the Republicans and the Libertarians in New Hampshire. And I think some of that might be because the Liber- the, the Republicans in New Hampshire aren't quite as Republican um, as in, in some some maybe like southern states and some other parts of the country. Um, and, and, and also because, you know, uh, they're, they're kind of, uh, you know, they're kind of against what the other side is doing. And so they, they're more apt to join with us on certain freedom issues. Dave, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Uh, so the number here is 603-283-6160. You can join us here. And this is a new group, by the way. This was just formed. Their website was just registered in November. So it's not like they've even had the ball rolling for very long on this. There's guess- also the Live Free or Die Project. Uh, and that's your thing, right? That's my thing. All right. There's more coming up here. You can join us. This is Free Talk Live. Look, I'm sorry, but you're in for a world of pain if you use Coinomi. The reason is their wallet doesn't support payments. The solution is simple. Let them hear your voice. Message Coinomi on Twitter. It takes five seconds and tell them AnyPay sent you because they're on the fence right now. And your voice will prove that people care about using Bitcoin for payments. Go tweet at Coinomi now or even better, leave a review in the app store. They really pay attention there. Thanks. In the studio here with you tonight, you've got Ian. Nobody. And Chris. And you can bring up anything that you want to discuss. I mentioned earlier, and uh, we might as well talk about it now. Congratulations to Bitcoin hitting $1 trillion market cap. Now, you had said, well, you were saying something earlier, nobody, about criticizing the market cap measurement of, oh, uh, of Bitcoin. Um, well, yeah, I mean, basically, if you have um, a million uh, Bitcoin, okay, that'd be nice, and you went out and tried to sell them uh, for you know, f- uh, fifty-four billion dollars, okay, um. What you would find is you used up all of the anxious buyers to buy at the market cap price right. pretty quickly, and then the price starts falling mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as you can continue to sell. So yeah. it, so you would think that's worth $56 billion, but the truth is it's going to be worth significantly less than that if you if actually you, try to liquidate it. If you tried to sell it all at once. Uh, if you tried yeah. to liquidate it, yeah. At once. Because uh, if you did it well, all at time... If you did it over, I mean, how much time? Yes, there is there is a period of time over which you could do it and barely be noticed, and that's one of the things that Automated Trading Desk, my old my old uh, company that I worked for, did was when a mutual fund would sell millions of shares of stock in a company, Mm -hmm. they would transfer the stock to us, and then we would sell it. 
um, we actually had a random number generator, so we would sell random numbers of shares mm. so that people couldn't see any pattern mm-hmm. to what was going on or go, somebody's selling off blocks of this stock. Mm-hmm. So, and, uh, yeah, we would do that not to over-perturb the market. But the truth is, but the truth is still there. You could not get a trillion dollars for all the Bitcoins in the world. Even though the market cap is a trillion dollars. Well, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. All at one moment, yes. And, of course, the odds that anyone would ever be able to try that are, of course, near to none. Well, so, anybody can try it. You can try it with a dollar and a, and, and, uh, and a, you know. Not, not a trillion dollars, because that's what the market cap is. optimistic nature, but um, no, you're I'm not going to no get could, very far. No, I'm saying no one could try to do that in any given moment, because most people don't have a million bitcoins, let alone all of the bitcoins. Right. And um, those yeah. that do probably don't want to sell them all at once. You could try to unload uh, more than the, the market can handle, and then you would cause that effect. But yes, you don't have true. you obviously don't have all the bitcoins, so you can't. And you have to be a whale before you move the yeah. market. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, so, but regardless, it is an important uh, indicator. And for listeners that aren't familiar, the market cap is a simple mathematical formula. It's taking mm-hmm. the price of the unit, which right now is over fifty six thousand dollars per bitcoin. I think a couple days ago it was like fifty. That's amazing for a coin that can do f- seven transactions a second. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Imagine, what, what would you charge me, uh, uh, Penguin Man, for, for the hardware to re- required to run a ledger and to process seven transactions per second? I mean, what, like a little tiny mini board computer like could, could, could do that, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> like my, I, think the, I think the routers that we sell can, can, yeah. can handle that. Yeah, 486 would, yeah. <laughs> would, would do it. You know, I could have done it probably on my old 286. I wrote yeah. an assembly language back in the day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> For listeners that don't know, you're talking about old computer hardware. Oh, old, yeah, old, old Super computer old. hardware. 19, 19, uh, 1990s uh, era hardware. But you take 90s. the price of the, the one unit, 56,000 US dollars, and you multiply it times the number of bitcoins, in this case is what we're talking about, the number of the units that are available in in the market or at least are theoretically available in the marketplace and according to coingecko.com right now there are 18,633,418 bitcoins and that goes up about 6 and change uh, 6.25 i think bitcoins roughly every 10 minutes so you take that number and you multiply it times 56,000 and you get what is right now more than 1 trillion dollars in market cap for the very first time ever bitcoin has never been this valuable before it has never crossed this particular arbitrary threshold of uh, one trillion dollars so kudos to bitcoin for that according to cnbc uh, that happened earlier today as uh, they say here that it rose above fifty five thousand dollars for a daily gain of more than six percent according to coin metrics the price of bitcoin has now gained about three hundred and sixty percent over just the past six months And before the recent surge, the digital asset had never traded above $20,000. The move has been fueled in part by increased adoption of Bitcoin by major investors and companies. The oldest bank in the United States, Bank of New York Mellon, announced earlier this month it was moving into the space. Elon Musk's Tesla converted some of its balance sheet cash into Bitcoin earlier this year and said it would start accepting the digital tokens as payment. By the way, Elon Musk, who is now apparently the richest man in the world... Uh, he's been commenting about Bitcoin and fiat money on his Twitter profile. 
That's and, a good thing. I mean, he's been trashing on government the, fiat money. Okay, I'm so, surprised that he didn't look at the technology more closely, though, and say, "Okay, there are more than one. There's more than one way to process transactions, mm-hmm. and they're not doing enough to be worth that." Well, he I, he I, may have. Sorry to say that, but he may have actually looked at the technology because if you look at some of his recent comments, and I'll pull them up here. Um, he's not exactly a huge fan of Bitcoin. What were, what were you going to say? Yeah, so I think I think people don't necessarily understand why people find cryptocurrency so interesting and valuable. And it comes down to I think what it ultimately comes down to is dollar dollar what, it, what do you call it dollar cost averaging. I believe that's a good investment um, strategy. So yeah, I mean, so I don't even see it as an investment strategy. So it is, but okay. So basically, if you have crypto and you have it in your pocket, let's say, right. Mm-hmm. And you can't actually put crypto in your pocket. Whatever. You would need a <laughs> figuratively speaking, to right? Hold that on. Okay. And you have dollars in your other pocket, let's say, right? Well, if you're spending if you move those dollars over to the crypto pocket and and you spend crypto instead of ho- holding those dollars, over time you'll actually end up with more money even though you're spending the same amount of money whether it's crypto or dollars. So you end up ahead now you might lose money at some points because you're spending on the down uh when crypto is becomes worth less but overall you'll end up in the long term having more crypto and you know mm-hmm. more valuable um so so unlike the dollar where if you hold the dollar and you spend it over time it's just gonna it's just going down so you're gonna end up with less and less and less um so if you're saving up for that new house the house will get more expensive faster than uh you know, faster than you will be able to save money quite frequently, depending on, I, I shouldn't say fast. Yeah. Basically, your dollars right, will right. be shrinking. The right. target will be getting farther you're, away. You're better off saving in crypto than you are saving in dollars. I would I would agree with that. Over time. I would specifically... Um, BTC is way overpriced. I, I so understand. It doesn't have to be BTC. Diversify your but... <laughs> assets a little bit. Here's what Elon Musk said on February 18th on his Twitter profile at Elon Musk. He was talking about Tesla investing $1.5 billion into Bitcoin, which was just happened a couple weeks ago. He said, Tesla's action is not directly reflective of my opinion. Having some Bitcoin, which is simply a less dumb form of liquidity than cash, is adventurous enough for an S&P 500 company. He followed that up by tweeting again, saying, To be clear, I am not an investor. I am an engineer. I don't even own any publicly traded stock besides Tesla. However, when fiat currency has negative real interest, only a fool wouldn't look elsewhere. Bitcoin is almost as BS as fiat money. The key word is oh, yeah. almost. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. he's not a huge fan of Bitcoin. Yeah. He just knows it's better than dollars. I think we and can. The thing is, we should be able, we will be able within the next few years to do much better than Bitcoin because, face it, the value of processing trans- transactions is not equal to the value of the transactions. There's there's a lot of issues with Bitcoin and crypto in general. We have time to improve on it, though, and it's still better than the dollar. Yep, and yes, there's more much. time for you to join us here at 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and 
You're welcome to join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. I uh, received a pretty entertaining message from former host on Free Talk Live, Vincent. Uh, He sent me something today. Apparently, Alex Jones had Max Kaiser on his show. Quote, if I accepted that $10,000 in Bitcoin 10 years ago, how much would that be worth now? Kaiser says, <laughs> several billion. <laughs> Jones begins hyperventilating. Oh. <laughs> Apparently, somebody offered Jones like 100 Bitcoin way, way back in the day and or more, like $10,000 worth, apparently. A bunch of people tried to give Jones Bitcoin back in the day, and he thought it was like a New World Order uh conspiracy psycho yeah i could definitely then, so. i could definitely understand that he refused it and yeah. now he's feeling sorry he, can you go yeah. back to the people who are like i'll give you that money can, can you can i take that offer now right, still you know like retroactively maybe he maybe he could get a quarter of a bitcoin I mean, out of yeah. those those people who you know tried to give it to him you know they're probably billionaires now so uh. hmm. so I, i'm looking forward to seeing that clip <laughs> Well, if you're looking for something to do with your newfound wealth, uh, Cell 411 is, uh, now has its first, uh, first app in production, and we're back on the road to uh, delivering a fully featured product, and we need money. So uh, send a mail to rich at, at uh, copblock.app. Excellent. Is, is that a, is that how, how do you how do you send you want money though right not mail? Um, well, send me an email and and then, you'll, and then you'll give and me like a QR code. Tell me you want something. to make a donation, and gotcha, I gotcha. will figure out how to by what how means. to get it. Yeah. And right, right, you know, write you a write your receipt because this is tax deductible. It's a yeah. church service. Uh, 603-283-6160. We're talking about Bitcoin hitting a $1 trillion market cap after hitting a record high of 55 and then 60,000, or sorry, not 60, not, not 60, that might be tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> 56,000 is, is what I meant. So, uh, the joke is get the 56K modem memes out. And I was actually disappointed. <laughs> I couldn't find very many of them. Somebody posted a 56K modem meme to our, uh, local chat room here. We've got a local crypto room, but I went online and I, I couldn't find a good thread. Like there aren't a, a bunch of 56k modem memes out there. I expected to find at least a couple. Yeah, you and think there dis- would be? I was disappointed. You know, maybe maybe it has something to do with the fact that people are still buying 56k it's modems. Interesting. I, I actually sold out 56k modems yeah. other week. <laughs> modems kind of paused for a little while at uh, at 1200 in getting faster and they, the rate, they paused again a little bit at 18.8 and then they 18-8. paused for uh yeah 14.4 wow i don't remember that jump i remember 19.2 and 14.4 oh 19.2 yeah i guess 19.2 is really yeah. was really ended up being more pop more popular so it paused at 19.2 mm-hmm. and then it paused at 56k no 33.6 what, what about 28.8 and twenty eight eight, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, were there really pauses there? Oh, remember, oh, fair enough, fair enough. Okay. I remember being stuck at fifty six for a long time, and I you couldn't even get a fifty six k connection though. That's you could that's where it ended. Than, what's that? That's where it ended was a fifty six k, and you're right, they didn't ever go. They topped over, out at like thirty three six. No, 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 no. It went up to like fifty. Um, you so. got you actually got connections. Yeah, that high? yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. You it could, it you all could. depends on the, uh, the on the quality yeah. underlying it. If you're it getting was... digital transmission, which is becoming more and more common, it should. 
I think it's for I think it was forty eight something was what it was supposed to regulatorily mm. top out at, but it like basically would hit fifty. Mm. Um, I never saw it in Florida. Yeah, so never. a lot of the fifty six k. So what the problem yeah, was was they don't build like that. They had so so the reason you, you didn't get those speeds was between it was a combination of probably two reasons. One, the modem, the the quality of the line that you were connecting That's over. Number one, yeah. And the other thing was wind modems. When they went from hardware modems to wind modems. The quality went down basically mm-hmm. of the modem because it was done in software, mm-hmm. and then you couldn't actually connect at the 56k modem that you were supposed to. Yeah, if there you was were actually using your processor for anything else. There were it was cutting into the processor time. 33 percent of your CPU might have been utilized by the wind modem wow. in the early days, and the 56k modems. The difference between like the soft modems and the hard modems is the hardware modems. You could actually get the those true. Sp- up to 50 ish um, speeds, but if you went from a 33.6 modem to a uh, 56k wind modem, your 33.6 modem would actually outdo your 56k wind modem. Wow. Anything All with right. the with the syllable "win" in it That's in the bad. computer business is yeah. a bad idea. Yeah. With the exception of X Windows, um. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. It's so, very true. So it's amazing though that people are actually still buying these things. Oh yeah, you, you said yeah. you sold out. We of sold them. like twenty of them to one customer the other week, Incredible. and I. I didn't realize we were so low, and it's funny because I'm actually having trouble with with um, getting uh, more manufactured. But what's really interesting is that we're basically the last company producing modems on the market. Wow! <laughs> if everybody else has gone out, Penguin.com. Yes, if, out. And, if there was a revolution, though, it may well be that the path to rebuilding goes through Twisted Pair. <laughs> and it's is, a lot easier to stock right. up a bunch of $50 modems right. than it is to make your own at what, you know, after the, the boop is at the rotary there, escalator. There's like one or two basically small companies providing dial-up service left. Everybody else is at gone. Wow, that's amazing. Um, AT&T, everybody that you would have thought of back yeah. in the day no longer But it doesn't dial-up. have to be a company. You can just do what we did in Usenet and call another guy with true. a modem and be the bridge yeah, between BBS your back and back the, the next BBS. BBS. All right, we've gone too far off into, <laughs> we have. The, uh, into the geek weeds here. Uh, 603-283-6160. I have to be careful because, you know, if I can, if I can talk the, uh, you know, the geek talk with you guys, we, we might go too far. It, it, I, it I can be, a, a little too, bit of it can be entertaining, I think, to yeah. some yeah. listeners, but definitely yeah. if you take it too but far, you should, over we should do a geek or, talk show, though. He does. It's every, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, sa- it's every Saturday. Every Saturday. Uh, not not geek news. I mean, just geek babble. Well, yeah. I mean, if I have somebody on the show, we'll we'll talk geek too. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, check out uh, Chris. He's got a show. It's called Freedom Decrypted. It's every Saturday afternoon, starting at five p.m. Eastern time. You can watch it. You can listen to it. Uh, it is what usually like three hours. Yeah, think? three hours. Uh, you cover you do cover some of the news, but you do also have opinions. I do. And I absolutely give opinions. That's most of the show. It's critiquing what's going on in the news and talking about it to the extent that I can. I don't always have a co-host, unfortunately, but when I do, you know, we, we get more talk in there. Uh, just like Free Talk Live. Sometimes you even have Stone on as a co-host. Uh, yes, um, Stoner or uh, Mr. Stone is. Uh, <laughs> So what do you call himself last night? Stone Esquire or something like that? Yeah, uh, yeah. Really long something like that. Yeah, so it check was him out. a long name. It, but Stone's not I don't know. I, no. I was traumatized by the vampires. I just... That was such a weird part. That uh, was weird. Yeah. So go to freedomdecrypted.com. There's back episodes you can watch, you know, all the way. What's it, two years now? How long has it been? It's two, uh, two and a half? over 100 episodes now. And so that's a solid two years. Yeah, now. it's uh, over two years. Congratulations. Yeah. Check them out. And there's a podcast version, so if you don't want to watch, you can just listen. Absolutely. That way. 
Uh, so we're talking about the uh, the rise in the Bitcoin price hitting over $1 trillion in market cap. I mean, just several weeks ago, a few months ago, we were celebrating all of crypto hitting a trillion dollars for the first time. So every crypto out there combined in their market cap hit a trillion dollars. Now it's just Bitcoin that mm-hmm. has hit the trillion. So Bitcoin alone is now up at a trillion dollars. Um, and they're like 60% of the market now? Yeah, it's about 60%. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, so Bitcoin, according to CNBC, has started to get so big that it arguably creates its own demand. As companies and institutions begin to make forays into a field, they wouldn't have touched a few months previously. Dutch, uh, Deutsche Bank research strategist Jim Reed said in a note, further, quote, ironically, it's turning itself into a credible asset class to many by rallying so much of late and also by getting increasing institutional buy-in. Market value is calculated by multiplying the price of Bitcoin by the number created. While not a perfect comparison, the $1 trillion market value would make uh, Bitcoin's value greater than all but a handful of the world's stocks. Tesla, for instance, has a market cap of around $700 billion, while Apple is valued at more than $2 trillion. So Apple, by the way, is the number one of all the publicly traded companies in the United States. And the last time we checked the list, Bitcoin was closing in on like the top three. How can... That's that's really strange. Where's Tesla? It was at like number five. Okay, I'll, I'll pull the list up for you in case you. Uh, you oh, but of course, Apple's in many hands. So that yeah, it's a widely held corporation. It's not comparable. Well, I mean, Tesla is is a tremendous success story recently. Yeah, yeah so Tesla is very narrowly held, though. I think that I think Elon Musk still holds a lot of that stock. Yeah. So Tesla is looks like. So Apple, you got it uh, 2.1 trillion, Microsoft at 1.8 trillion, Amazon 1.6 trillion, Google at 1.4, and then Tesla at 7.5. So Bitcoin is in between Tesla and Google right now in its value. What's the Dow been doing uh, in relation to Bitcoin? I pay almost zero attention to uh, to stocks, so you'll have to look that one up. Uh, 603-283-6160. You can share your thoughts with us. Take control of the airwaves. And bring up what you want. Hour number three is coming up. Carl Watner, longtime proponent of a voluntary society, died last December. You may have seen his articles published on his website, voluntarius.com, in his newsletter, The Voluntarist, The Mises Institute, or elsewhere over the last 40 years. His newest book, I Must Speak Out, Volume 2, The Best of the Voluntarist, is now available via Liberty Under Attack Publications. This 430-page second volume spans the years of 2000 through 2020 and includes articles by Carl Watner, Hans Hermann Hoppe, Carl Hess, Benjamin Tucker, George H. Smith, Lysander Spooner, Pete Ayer, Joyce Brand, and many others. I Must Speak Out is for the newly initiated, the veteran voluntarist, or anywhere in between. Buy the book now at libertyunderattack.com slash voluntarist. For more great content on building a voluntary society and for Carl's extensive archives, check out voluntarist.com. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, kicking off the third hour of the program. Open phones if you want to join us here. 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, you've got Ian. Nobody. 
and Chris. We've been talking about Bitcoin once again because, well, it just keeps going up. Uh, are we going to ever see $10,000 Bitcoin again? What do you guys think? Um, oh I, I have no idea. I At some point, there's got to be a flippening. I, I suspect that it's not anytime soon. Um, you think it's going to hit a hundred thousand before it goes back down to? Uh, I I think it's going to keep going. I I don't see any. What was the number you gave there? Three thousand. Ten thousand. Ten thousand. I I think it's. I think mm. we're past the hump in which we need to get over, and it's probably not going to go below. I, I I suspect it probably won't get below like twenty fifteen to twenty thousand ever again. Um, like not any time in the near future anyway, because the value of the dollar is going to keep going down. I mean, it never hit 2000 again after it went all the way up to 20,000. That's true. So why, why do we think it's going to go down to what it was, you know, just before it started skyrocketing? Uh, You know, it's, I mean, we've seen this again and again and again and again, um, because it has no positive differentiation from its competitors. It would be but the market hasn't that. figured that out. Yet. Yeah, I mean, the, the market problem, hasn't figured that the out. The market is not things rational. Happen. Ten but, years ago, people weren't even aware that Bitcoin existed. That's right. The, the problem is that the market's not rational, effectively. So even though you have a better solution for, you know, than Bitcoin for day-to-day transactions, unless the market realizes that they're going to continue to value Bitcoin higher than they value other cryptocurrencies. Right. But of as- course, the market is going to notice that when they start using uh cryptocurrencies this is true or uh actual transactions but we're not there yet there's far more people investing and i put investing in quotes in in bitcoin and cryptocurrencies than there are people actually using them and And that's that's, all it's being promoted as it's not being promoted anymore for year for the last few years i I mean well it's worthless as a currency so why promote it i wouldn't say that well first of all i wouldn't say that and my company has been doing very very well when it comes to cryptocurrency and people spending it so people are absolutely spending spending. bitcoin btc we have more people paying in btc and bch than we have people paying in dollars but what about okay Mm. but as far as (laughs) as far as crypto payments yeah, that's what, what I'm saying. What portion of them are in BTC compared to other cryptos? For our laptop sales this past week, I would say three-fourths were crypto. No, no, not crypto. BTC. I, I don't know the difference. Bitcoin. With, I, Bitcoin BTC BTC or BCH. I don't know. I can't differentiate between the two off the top of my head. You I, can't? I, I, I can't because I don't know. Oh, you just don't have the numbers. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, oh, I haven't. Okay, okay. Like, like okay. I, I've seen the crypto transactions come in, but on our payment I screens i only i haven't actually gone in and looked to see which ones are bch and now, which, which ones are BTC. you taking at thinkpenguin.com so we will accept other crypto payments and we do frequently but you have to manually email us still because oh, really? i've never upgraded from bitpay mm. so it's only mm. what bitpay, what BitPay offers as and their bch and btc now they didn't they add like ethereum or did, something but i never enabled that i see and okay. so it's Why still just they're not nobody nobody almost nobody no one wants, to pay, wants to pay with it so it, it doesn't make even sense for me to bother yeah. and i think the one time i might have gotten a payment in it i just accepted it i just did it manually gotcha so yeah the it's it's not difficult to write a wallet why is it difficult to why aren't there more things like uh btc pay it seems like there should be one out there that would take as many currencies as koinomi does um what is btc pay that's an open source btc pay is is a yeah it's basically a self-host i actually have one of these i just haven't ever got it hooked up um 
I play with it a little bit, but not hooked up to our website. But BTC Pay basically is a program that allows you to. It's it's a literally a replacement for BitPay. Mm-hmm. So instead of having it being a hosted solution, BitPay is a hosted solution. Centralized is, by a corporation. Right, centralized by a corporation that does evil things. Uh, it is a replacement for that. So you can host yourself and mm-hmm. no longer need a, you know, any pay or BitPay or pay, does the BTC coin payments pay net or any things, of those. Does it support things besides Bitcoin BTC? It was designed around BTC. Mm-hmm. Now, I I know that there was plans to I, I know that there I'm I'm pretty confident that there's some others. I don't know if BCH is one of them, um, but it can have other coins added to it i just don't know to what extent they people have actually gone and done that if that makes any sense so there's got to be a developer out there who has an interest in writing a plugin or writing or adding the code to it in order for it to have support for other stuff um so yeah see that's a perfect opportunity for a library somebody needs to write an implementation of a full hd wallet so you can just get too far off in the weeds here guys so 603-283-6160 is the number if you want to talk about programming there's probably a better uh, location to do that but let's let's try to keep things a little bit more general as far as the discussion so we were talking you about got it general all right <laughs> we were talking about uh cryptocurrency specifically bitcoin hitting one trillion dollars and and nobody as usual you bring up your objection that the market is unaware that bitcoin mm-hmm. btc is not ready for prime time it's not a, a currency it's not and, usable and as more currency. importantly there are it it was forgivable that the BTC was not ready for prime time when it was first released because sure. it wasn't prime time no yet. but the thing is now it has competitors that are ready for prime time That's so right. so here's here's the question I think but that, no one knows about the competitors um, virtually well people are learning about the competitors very uh, steadily here here's slowly the, but steadily yeah. i mean bch has risen faster than btc over the last month the but question i think that it comes down to is whether or not btc is going to adapt to the change fast enough uh in order to counter the advantage in the real world that bch has over it currently so bch, BCH is bitcoin cash right so bch or bitcoin cash can basically there's more transactions that it can handle per second than by Bitcoin. a factor of 20 right so and there's other cryptos that can do even better than that so the mm. question is whether or not bitcoin the developers behind bitcoin adapt and they do it before the rest of the world they gets won't. on board uh, the I, thing is they're not doing it they could they're not but if they what happens if it does to happen? adapt there never would have been a split with bc you're probably right but <laughs> there are people who will tell you well um you know, Bitcoin has its solution, and you guys know what I'm talking about, right? The Lightning Network. Yeah, is, they're going to claim mm. that people have that there is a solution, and it's coming, and it's there's some support for it now, and there's probably they're probably right. There probably is more support for it now. So, do you think it's do you think that's going to roll out and 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 succeed? Because it's been years, years um, now, and well, let me know when it actually launches. <laughs> there are things. That the Lightning Network is good for. If I was running a Bitcoin uh, casino, I would definitely be a Lightning node or a Bitcoin exchange. Oh, I would think you'd want to do Monero. um, What? I would think you'd want to go with Monero. Well, you'd want to do Monero as well. um, But you could definitely do it as 
to the extent that you're doing Bitcoin, you could do it as a lightning node because the whole thing there is everybody throws their money into one bag and then somebody else does the oh, bookkeeping inside the bag. So that's a perfect setup for a casino. Mm-hmm. Um mm. Uh, or or an or an exchange, any place where people have monetary accounts with you that they're uh, that they're trading, but uh, it's not a general purpose solution because you know when you go out to a restaurant, maybe you're not on the same lightning node as as they are. Maybe you haven't put down a deposit with their particular node. Um, and then you're paying the crazy transaction fees. Yeah, and then and then the nice thing is people are still paying for stuff with Bitcoin and only high dollar value stuff. You're not going to go out and buy a meal with Bitcoin it's, unless you're crazy. You, know, you, you would think, and you're probably right about the meal thing. Yeah. However, people are buying computers and things of that nature with yeah. Bitcoin still. Generally, are more expensive. Than I'm the still hamburger. spending it. <laughs> I did just spend. I did. I did because just I'm spend, receiving it. <laughs> right. I did just spend uh, twelve hundred dollars on some car repairs, and I paid with BTC because I wanted the. Yeah, yeah. This is what I'm talking about. Have some BTC. I wanted to have some. Yeah, this is what I'm talking about, though. Uh, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. But if it were a $50 fee, I, I only, probably wouldn't have done it. I only spend Bitcoin nope. cash locally. I don't do Bitcoin. Yeah. Not usually anyway. All right. So there's more coming up here, and you can share your thoughts with us. 603-283-6160. Bitcoin has hit $1 trillion market cap. It's Free Talk Live. You can dial in here. The number is 603-283-6160. We're talking about uh, money, specifically Bitcoin, which just isn't as uh, money as it once was. I mean, it's still valuable, but you can't really use it in uh, you know small transactions, which you once could. Uh, so if you want to comment, you can join us here. And also want to make sure you can join us online. Head over to our social media site at social.freetalklive.com. Uh, you and I were posting on Mastodon today, Chris. Now, you've got an account on your own Mastodon server, but you can link to That's our right. Mastodon server, and we can talk because Mastodon instances are what they call federated. And this is what it's uh, what makes it a polycentric system. So there are many centers. You have your Mastodon server. We have our Mastodon server. And there's thousands of other Mastodon servers out there. There's something I didn't know either about Mastodon. Apparently, really? you can import from one server uh, your stuff to another server. And I thought it was tied yeah. to like the domain names, but apparently not. Nope, you can move your accounts. I moved my account from Liberdon to uh, so, fr- hold on. Uh, Free Talk Live. There's a, there's a restriction. You can move your account, but you cannot move your posts. Okay, you fair enough. You can move your followers. Your yeah. followers. So, and that's important. Yeah. And, I, and I say that's important that because important. I have been thinking of possibly about moving over to the LRN. Is it LRN? Uh, server it's, it's free talk live but so no, the, either way uh, L, or free Social talk live free talk the free talk live um 
Mastodon server yeah. uh, because so, – so the person who maintains our infrastructure is Bob. And it's mm-hmm. basically partner. my partner. And it's basically just us and like one or two other people. Well, I think he locked it down so he didn't want anyone else to join in the first place. He's, <laughs> he doesn't want to maintain it and he's concerned about opening it up because he doesn't want to be raided. Okay, okay. Because you never know who's going to post what, right? There's, right, exactly. And there, there's a risk, a small risk of mm-hmm. potentially being raided. In our so, case, ours is located outside of the United States. Not that that's a perfect protection, but yeah. it helps a little bit. You guys are running it out of your house. Uh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a, yeah, we have a server. So if somebody, if, server. if there was going to be a raid, it would be on your house because that's yeah, where the server's located. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, a legitimate concern. Yeah, so... So check it out, social.freetalklive.com. If you're sick of Twitter, you're sick of Facebook, you're sick of big tech and them telling you what you can post and what you can't post, well, you can come on on over to social.freetalklive.com. In fact, our next caller, I believe, or at least someone using your username, uh, David, signed up uh, just within the last few days. Is that you over at social.freetalklive.com? Oh, really? No, what, what, what username? Uh, one of the ones that I know that you use. Oh well, maybe maybe somebody. Well, actually, yeah, I think I think I tried to. I didn't. I don't know if I completed the process. Yeah, I guess I did complete it. Okay, I so was a little was confused good. on it. So if you see me over there, then apparently I successfully did it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I followed you back. Cool. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool. Cool. I'll check it out. I'll, I'll look at it. Getting super popular these days. So if you're not on it. You should get on it. <laughs> yeah, I basically I'll follow back anybody that follows me that's like taking the time to put a picture on their profile. Yeah, it's funny. Um, you know, I, I have had people tell me that like nobody uses Mastodon, and it's 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 funny in that I don't there's more people often. using Mastodon now than there ever has been in the past. And oh, it's huge. What now. people don't understand is Mastodon was just getting off the ground. It used to be used exclusively by a handful of geeks, right? Mm-hmm. In certain geeky circles, very particular circles at that. Now, it's like everybody's it's getting on board. Yeah. Every, like We're talking about just ordinary people, right? I yep. mean, it's it's a and better it's easy Twitter. To use. It's it's a slick process. I mean, David has apparently had a little bit of trouble, but it's not that hard to get signed up for this. It's your not standard, you know, sign up, click a link on an email, and boom, you're done. Yeah, you know, and there's it. there's a lot more people posting stuff and tooting stuff and and uh, just you know uh, I don't even know all the ter- boost boosting I think they call it yeah, on yeah that's like the retweet that's the equivalent yeah, of the retweet yeah, uh, yeah. on uh, on Mastodon I will say this if you sign up at social.freetalklive.com and you have a Microsoft or Hotmail which is the same thing uh, email address you probably are SOL you're going to need to use a different email provider they are blocking our emails um, really if you are on Google you may need to check the spam folder hmm. for it yeah. So keep that in mind. If you if you if you signed up but you didn't get the email, it's probably sitting in your spam folder. Or if you're on Microsoft, it, you ain't getting. Is it. it is it because it's not set up? It might just be not be set up right, and you need to change the SMTP server to no, be one. No, that's, Microsoft is blocking us. Oh, okay. It must be because of the censorship game. We don't know playing. what it's because of, but they're they are blocking us, and so there's a notice it's pro- about. It's probably that. a censorship if it's not spam filters. Have you called Microsoft? Yeah, we've tried all the their hoop jumping or whatever, and I forget the current excuses, but it's it's BS. Whatever it is. Gotcha. Um, so if you're still on Microsoft, sorry, you're gonna have to figure something else out. Yeah, the, the, well, get the, off. The powers that right. be do not like decentralization. No. And that's what it comes down to. Um, mm. You know, they're funded by government agencies. A lot of them, they have uh, significant interests in keeping you on their platform, on their centralized platforms, because they make money off of you. You are not the customer. Right. You are the product. the product. David, and they sell your eyeballs to advertisers. What were you so. calling about tonight, David? I know it wasn't our social media site. 
Well, I was calling about the monetary theory regarding crypto, and I and I have that question, but let me make sure to clarify something for you, um, because you were you were actually shortchanging yourself a little bit. Uh, there were two different things. One, uh, the pertaining to signing up with uh, you folks connecting to you. One, I had a problem with, and the second one, I didn't actually have any problem with at all. Signing up for the one you referred to, the social dot, you know, whatever it is, freetalklive.com. That's right. Is it, it was, I, I didn't have any problem at all uh, signing up for that. I just hadn't done that, uh, com- completed that process until just recently. The one I did have a problem with, which I still didn't understand uh, why I'm having a problem with it, was signing up for the Matrix. And I don't know, one one thing in my situation is I use handheld only, Android only. I do have a laptop, but I don't even bother to use it anymore. And I don't know if that's what was uh, impeding me from successfully signing up with the Matrix, or it might possibly have been... Send me I, an email, bro. Attempt. Okay. Yeah, right. we don't really, we can't anyway, really do technical support uh, on yeah, the radio. Nobody.com. I wasn't asking for tech support. I was just clarifying so you understand... Yeah. Mm-hmm. What what uh, that I did not have a problem signing up for social dot free talk. Thank you for the feedback. Was that why you were calling tonight? No, I was okay. calling about monetary theory on, on Let's crypto. Get into that. And, okay, um, and I won't ask you the questions that I still have that I sh- that I could theoretically easily answer simply by going to bitcoin dot com and watching tutorials. So I won't ask you those questions. But let me ask you about something you were already talking about. And nobody nobody has been. Uh, pushing it, talking about it recently, and that's the first I've really heard people get into the question that I have to, to the the depth that I have. And let me ask that, and that is that um, it occurs to me as a as somebody who really knows n- nothing compared to you guys on cryptocurrency that uh, you know uh, Bitcoin is going up, and so you know, uh, short speaking in short, it's been a good investment to this point. And then the question comes to my mind, which nobody has been addressing, is. Um, well, what happens when uh, a competitor, a competi- competing electronic currency, comes along and becomes successful um, uh, to the Bitcoin price? And, and then the next question that I want to tack on to that for you to discuss and, and uh, respond to me is that um, what is preventing um, – uh, I mean, obviously something is, or everybody – there'd be millions of successful uh, – Stand by. I want to hear the question. Hang on, David. We'll we'll bring it back for that because he's asking about competitors to Bitcoin, and that's an important question. Absolutely. Um, There are a lot of competitors to Bitcoin. Thousands of them are in the marketplace right now, and we'll talk about it. Coming up here, you can share your thoughts. 603-283-6160 here on Free Talk Live. Are you a cryptocurrency advocate? The Crypto Tip is the ideal outreach tool to help new people discover cryptocurrency. It's a printable business card-sized tip that you can give to service providers, preferably in addition to a good cash tip. When the server scans the QR code, it'll bring up an explanation of cryptocurrency, how to install a wallet, and allow them to claim the tip. If they don't claim the crypto, you get your tip refunded to you after a time period you specify. Plus, if they do claim the tip, you get an email alert. Create as many tips as you want at CryptoTip.org. That's CryptoTip.org. This is Free Talk Live. The number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Nobody. And Chris. We're going to go back to your phone calls and thoughts. Coming up, Chris, you've got a crypto-related story about South Korea. 
Yeah, South, South Korea. Korea. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, something is happening there with privacy coins being restricted severely. Oh yeah, uh, they've apparently outlawed them. Yeah, we'll tell you about that coming up here, and that's uh, that should be an indicator that you might want to look into those privacy coins because if the mm-hmm. government doesn't want them, that means that they're useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. That means they're worth looking at. Uh, but we're going to get into actually. David in New Mexico had questions about some of the competitors to Bitcoin, and those privacy coins are competitors to Bitcoin because Bitcoin is not a privacy coin. As much as you might hear mainstream media parroting this misinformation, that constantly are saying things like Bitcoin's anonymous. No, it's not. It's not anonymous. It just anonymous. the government doesn't have control over, it, which is why they don't like it. Correct. So let's go back to David. He's in New Mexico. And David, can you recap that first question? Because I said you said you had a couple questions. What was the first question? And let's just start with that one. Yeah, the main question um, that I was going to ask for your time on addressing was a monetary theory thing regarding crypto, and that is that occurred to me that one of the things that I was weighing as part of making a decision as to what crypto to buy, when to buy it, how much to buy, when to spend it, uh, et cetera, uh, is what what is the competition. And in evaluating that, it occurs to me that, you know, Bitcoin is as valuable as it is at the moment because of the structure that was built that has value because of what it is as it was designed. And now, if it was easy to, to replicate, then all of those thousands of other competitors w- could theoretically be valued just as high. All right, uh, it or, is easy. Yeah. Uh, it is not. easy to replicate. I would, I would you hold can on. Take the same software they run, run it on a on a different port, uh, rebrand it, and have your very own Bitcoin. There is more to that, though. Yeah, there's a lot more to you, it, like you've mining got, power. And it, not even that. You guys, are, you're thinking about the technical spots, aspects of this. But the reality is it's not the technical aspects of this that are the problem. It's the end user aspects of this, right? So what well, I'm talking are about also a problem, yeah. are the, you know, where can I spend my Bitcoin? Everybody knows anywhere that you see crypto accepted, Bitcoin's accepted. But what other cryptos that is that true for? And there's not many. Not the list many. is very, very small. Bitcoin Cash, mm-hmm. maybe Dash. Dash in some places, maybe Monero. How many other cryptos are on that list where you can you can spend them almost anywhere? Well, most of the cryptos and, in the top uh, 100 aren't even designed for spending. If you look at the if you look at coin right, market and then the cap, question is what's their value? What use well, do they have? Bitcoin Cash is de- definitely of, uh, designed for spending. That's right. That's, that, I said most of the cryptos oh, okay. in the top 100 are not designed for spending. Whether they're um, des- Bitcoin Cash is designed oh, for spending. Yeah. Bitcoin well, a lot SV of them are special purpose, uh, special purpose coins, which isn't surprising. Right. And that's where it gets overwhelming, David, is when you when you're, you ask this question, which a lot of people are going to ask this question. Eventually, somebody who's into Bitcoin is going to hear about Bitcoin Cash, or they're going to hear about Ethereum. They're going to hear about some of these other coins. They're going to say, well, which ones do I, which ones do I get? Uh, Bonnie was asking me a similar question earlier today. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. I know there's some of them that are kind of interesting, but that's just my opinion. It's like, you know? it's like buying stocks in some sense, yeah, right? Is. Because it's like, well, there's not necessarily a right answer, but there's certainly some stocks that are going to go up in value quicker than other stocks, right? And but you don't it's know which anybody's ones. guess which mm-hmm. ones. Yeah. So you're just, you know, you can you can take educated guesses. Uh, you know, I mean, Bitcoin right. Cash has market share and it's got people spending it. So you think it should go up, but the market's not necessarily irrational. And, and it's not necessarily rational. So it may not actually work out that way. And you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So, mm-hmm. for instance, today, right. 
uh, Monero is the number one privacy coin by far. I mean, For, there's yeah, just nothing absolutely. else that's that nothing Hands else down. is competing with it mm-hmm. in any meaningful way. There are like probably dozens of other privacy coins, but absolutely. they're they're not in the and they may be technically better and they may be. But and here's yeah. the thing: there's Mon- nobody using them. Monero may be popular; it's in the top twenty coins right now. But what if tomorrow somebody cracks their security? And then it goes down, this is true. From, you know, goes from number and 20 to been, 200. There's been claims now, whether yeah. or not there's mm-hmm. any uh, basis for them. I think they're, I don't think that the evidence is there, um, but people have claimed that already. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, and, and just because somebody claims, just because something's not true doesn't necessarily mean it won't result won't in the, true, the, right? the cryptocurrency tanking, too. Yeah, so, if, you know, well, if I was going to start a, a, a fund to uh to trade in coins with people like a mut- for people like a mutual fund uh the first strategy i would adopt is buy 20 dollars worth of every coin the first moment that i hear of it mm. and just you'd have to make that your full time job because no a computer program can do that very quickly no it can't because yes, it can. the, every coin is not available on the same exchange, so you'd have to figure out which exchange that coin's available on to go and to purchase it, or, or you'd have to set up a mining rig well, to I try mean, to mine it. He's talking about a program where he can use the APIs and swap them. Yeah, it's not. His own you don't just use an API on an exchange if it doesn't support what you're doing, or right? If but he would be using presumably account. multiple exchanges, right? In order you'd have to. Um, I mean, I would probably implement it. I've already started implementing it to talk to uh, Bittrex. I haven't expanded it to other exchanges because I haven't found any other exchanges that'll give me an account. I don't don't think that. Um, I don't think he. You know, your average person. I don't think that. I think you're right, but I think for him, it's even well. It's designed to plug in other exchanges. It's just having right having written one. I'd prove there might already be. There might already made sense to start working on there. Have you looked at tools? There might already be. Pull out there and do what he says. Just remember, whenever a new crypto comes out, it doesn't even have an exchange, right? When Mm -hmm. a new crypto comes out, it's just a wallet and that's it. And they're trying to get on an exchange. Sure, sure, sure. They got to pay these exchanges usually to get on them. And usually the first one they get on is some weird oddball exchange you've never even heard of before. That's true. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these exchanges are sort of fly by night. You know, you don't know who you're dealing with. You're yep. signing up with these fake people. Fake trading and, volumes. Yeah, fake trading volumes. They get bad ratings. You t- you say you want to withdraw, and it takes three days before they actually mm-hmm. send you the coins. So you don't know what you're dealing with. Maybe you should time. be your own exchange. Throw a piece of software out there on on the net and let people trade with you. I mean, theoretically, you, you could. If you yeah, could, but there's a ton of could, support you that you something. have to do there. Remember, I mean, each of these exchanges, the reason why the exchanges mm-hmm. charge these companies charge these cryptos for for listing services is because it takes time oh absolutely you know, they don't just flip a switch and now all of a sudden they can accept the brand new hush well, currency uh, and the thing is if once it's, you if have it's an on... hd wallet though it's not very much work to support a new coin the, the let, hard let me, thing let is ask, to prevent yourself you from question. being spammed let me ask you another question so right. uh Bitcoin, as it is, is a functional structure. What prevents somebody from building an, another structure identical and as and equally as functional as Bitcoin? Nothing. So that, Absolutely nothing. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a, it's designed I think for that's it. It's unfair. an open source project. I, I, I hold on a second. I think that's unfair because the reality is, it's easy to copy the code that doesn't necessarily mean you can get people to adopt it that's and trick. that's the thing that makes yeah. bitcoin more valuable right. than other well, cryptocurrencies he didn't ask what it would take to market it though he asked what it would take to reproduce 
what Bitcoin does. You can reproduce and the, the software. And the answer is yeah. very little. You, you can reproduce the software by copying and pasting. It's yeah. open source. And that's been done. That's why there are 8,000 other cryptocurrencies right now over at coinmarketcap.com because almost every one of them, except for Monero and a handful of others, was based on the code from Bitcoin. However, as you pointed out, Chris... They don't have the same number of miners behind them. They don't have the nope. same mining strength behind them. They don't have the same number of full nodes on the system. Yep, that means they get, they're less secure, potentially. And they also can be taken over things, by right. a 51% attack in right. a lot of cases. In fact, there was just news about, uh, I forget which, the I think thing it was Verge. Is, the incentive to do a 51% attack on a small coin is very small by necessity. Until, you're, until you've got a market cap of a trillion dollars, you don't have to have a trillion dollar security system. Uh, because well, you're uh, not you're not guarding as much. Nonetheless, there was a crypto recently that got hit with a 51 percent attack, and it's a pretty embarrassing thing when that happens. And these people can attack it for only a few thousand bucks, so it's not. How did you know, they respond to it? Did they roll know. it I back? Look, I didn't look de- in, into details. David, thank you for the happened. call tonight. I appreciate it. There's actually a website out there that'll tell you how much it would cost to attack these various little coins that are out there, mm. and it isn't a whole lot of money. So yeah, to actually recreate the strength and the security of Bitcoin is a whole other story. So 603-283-6160. You can take control of the airwaves here on Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Moments remain here. The number for you is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Also, the Matrix chat server is open and available to you. And some people may have difficulty because there is there are a few steps involved. It is a little bit of an involved sign-up. Um, that's just the way it is. So we do have very specific steps. I've written them out. And you can go to chat.freetalklive.com and follow those steps. And if you follow them exactly, it should work. Read so, carefully. Yeah. If you don't follow them exactly, you probably skipped a step. It's it's not very long, but it no. definitely you and have that to read. Step is almost certainly switching from the, the Matrix server to the Free Talk Live server. That's uh, the uh, LRN server in this case. Uh, yeah. to the LRN yeah. server. Uh, you want me to hack up that on uh, an APK that just automatically correct connects to Free Talk Live? No, I'd rather have you working on cell four one one. Okay. But thank you. Uh, if you can't get on, you can't get on, but most people don't have a problem. I mean, with, so far, David's the only person who's reported an issue recently. Now, obviously, one mm. person reporting suggests others may be having the problem and not reporting, uh, but regardless, we've got a, a robust chat room with a lot going on in there, so it seems like most people... There's actually 170 people now uh, that have joined the main on-air... I think it's 170, the, the on-air now channel, which is the number one channel there. 172. I'm, I'm amazed at how much chatter goes on in their room. It's busy. It's, it's, it's super busy. And the channel or the server itself has dozens of channels on it now. So anybody who wants to can go there and create uh, whatever channel that they want, whether it's public or private, and have yourself your own chat room, which you yep. can administer. You can we got a room the, for Freedom Encrypted, too. Yep. Yeah. You can decide who the mods are if you want. There's even a Cell 411 support and testing room that you created, nobody? Uh, yep. I'm yes, in that room too. and that's gateway to the Telegram group. Yeah, that's also. one of the interesting things about it. There's a robot in there that actually cross posts all the chat from the cell four one one Telegram room and the Matrix back and forth. Ooh, I think we need that. Yeah, both are <laughs> uh, both are designed, and this is the wonderful thing about open source software. Both are designed 
to talk to each other. They'd speak common protocols. And uh, so it's hmm. pretty easy to just get two systems to talk to each other. Nice. Uh, so check it out at chat.freetalklive.com. Just follow the instructions and you should be fine. That's chat.freetalklive.com. Clients are available for cross-platform, whether you've got uh, an Android phone, iOS, Linux, uh, computer, Windows, etc. You can join this thing. So, uh, Chris, you had we've been talking about cryptocurrency. Yeah. You've got a story out of South Korea. It's not good news for privacy coins. It's it's not, but at the same time, I'm kind of laughing yeah, just because it's like, I don't know how are you that. gonna how are you gonna ban it? I mean, if somebody if, if 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 Bitcoin is legal and you can buy Monero with Bitcoin using an out of country exchange, well, what are they? Banning? How are they gonna stop? It? What exactly are they? Banning? So, all right. So let me let me let's start off with this is coming from CPOMagazine.com, and the title of the story is South Korea's new. AML laws, so it stands for anti money laundering, uh, bans trading of privacy coins. Mm. So they're talking about Monero, Zcash, etc. By who? The government? No, no. By who did they ban? Did they ban the citizenry? It, it's being traded. The <laughs> did they ban it on the citizen or level, or did they ban it from uh, their exchanges? I, I, you know, honestly, I let's licensees. just get into the story because I don't know the answer to those questions at that level. The privacy coins that add an extra layer of anonymity to crypto transactions are no longer welcome in South Korea. Coins. Coin brands such as Monero, Zcash, and da- Dash included, wow, uh, will soon be unavailable at the country's exchanges. Okay, so they're, I guess they're banning it from the exchanges with the government citing crypto anti-money laundering measures mm-hmm. as the reason for the ban. The so-called privacy coins were designed, I love how they phrase it as so-called privacy mm-hmm. coins. I, that might be true well, for some Dash of them. Dash is but, a so-called privacy Well, coin. this is true. Yeah. The, so-called privacy coins. And none coins, of them are that well proven yet. Monero's been around a while. I'm going to say while. Monero's been I mean, time-tested you know, and proven at this point. I mean, there's some mm. there's some claims, but, you know, until until you actually have evidence, you know, it's kind of hard to not just assume that the, yeah. the people who are making those claims have the a The last guy that bias. claimed that Monero was uh, a problem was Duke, and he programs another privacy claim. Right, so, and he's not yeah. the only one, but everybody, who everybody when you call him out on it, uh, is like, well, okay, where's the evidence? Nobody can point you to any evidence, and the I don't biggest- doubt that they can trace um, Monero Monero, for example, mm-hmm. in some instances where they have other data that is un, un, not specific to Monero being broken, if that makes any sense. So, like, for example, they have other metadata, you mean? Yeah. So, if, for example, if you're if you if, if we both set up a wallet on an exchange, a hosted wallet, yep. and I send Monero from my wallet to yours. There's, that doesn't necessarily mean that can't be traced because well, it was on an exchange. Right, <laughs> right. They have a record. So, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that's a little bit misleading to say that yeah, it's that's not Monero's fault. Yeah, right. That <laughs> it's broken. And, yeah, and I mean, so, you don't even hold Monero at that point. You hold no. a Bitrex so account that's of, denominated in what, Monero. What yeah. seems to be suggested by, I think, some is that. The issue is something along the lines of most Monero ends up going from one wallet on a hosted exchange to another wallet, maybe on the same exchange or a different exchange, but all of the exchanges are recording the details. Therefore, mistake. It, it doesn't actually work. Right. you got to have your own Monero well, wallet. Right. Exactly. And then you'll have some privacy protections. In fact, uh, you mentioned Bittrex, nobody. I don't know if you got the memo, but Bittrex banned Monero 
and uh, Dash and Zcash. Did they not? Yeah, I've I've got yeah. like six thousand dollars worth of them sitting, in, uh, or nine thousand dollars worth of them that I withdrew from oh, Bitrex because okay. I wasn't going to sell it right. at that uh, at at the rate they were offering. And, and Bitrex is a U.S. based exchange, mm-hmm. so they must be like figuring something's going to happen, or they're um, afraid of the government or something. Uh, like they that. it may well be a fear thing. Mm-hmm. It may well. Uh, be a deplatforming uh, thing. Maybe they're maybe they're into deplatforming people. It seems like all the cool kids are these days. Or they're trying to, to cozy up with the government and say, "Hey, look, we're yeah. uh, you know we're we're kicking these guys off." Well, we love the you, government. exchanges are as bad as the banks. The yeah. exchanges want their share of monopoly status, cartel status that's government enforced, and. You know, and now they've got it because they've got licenses and the rest of us don't. So what What more do we need so, to know about? So, yeah, I think this is next paragraph is actually pretty interesting here. Um, law enforcement is kind of what I was saying. Law enforcement can track these in- transactions back to crypto exchanges where the wallet holders can potentially be identified. Potentially is key word here. Either by the email address they use to register the exchange account or by using personal identification to open it. So, I mean, this is assuming basically that you're purchasing Monero or some other cryptocurrency from an exchange and you're not doing it one-on-one from one person to another or you're accepting it as a payment or some other. And this is the thing. Some of these methods, anti-money laundering methods may actually work um, initially, but that doesn't necessarily mean they work over the long haul. Mm. And um, Mm. that's something I think people should keep in mind. The privacy. If you really wanted to send transactions secretively i would think the best thing to do would be to hop from blockchain to blockchain i mean i i would think that they would that the forensic software that they use to do this would be able to trace trace between different exchanges as well as different cryptocurrencies just make sure you uh, i a- probably wouldn't use use exchanges Per se, certainly nothing that was doing KYC. Yeah, just make right. sure you're using a certainly VPN a good idea when you uh, when you connect to. Well, you, you have to in some, with some exchanges yeah. um, because they they block people from the United States at least. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and by the way, you sell VPN access over at thinkpenguin.com. <laughs> yes. Yes. This is this is true. You can get VPN service. Um, you can also get little mini VPN routers. Those things are the coolest. And actually, I, love I those need things. one of those, bro. They're the VPN. The mini VPN you routers. You have one over your house, right? Uh, yeah. I, I kind of like the VPN? idea of having my own. Does it have VPN service on it? Yeah. Okay. So what's really neat about the VPN service on the routers is that it transparently passes all your data over to the VPN provider, so you don't actually have to set up each one of your devices. That's right. Um, VPN sweet. on each one of those devices, which can be a little bit of a complicated process. Yeah, and that's what's so great about those routers is yeah. you plug and play, and then anyone that connects to the router, they're VPN protected. Right, right. And Does you- all this data pass through your basement? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. No. No, there's servers around the world, and okay. they go actually, through Actually, you servers. probably don't even have U.S. servers, do you? No, we actually don't have any. Uh, we do have a New York server, but um, although I don't know if it's still working or operating, but um, but it was mostly for testing, so it wasn't yeah, actually, okay. it's not in the rotation of servers gotcha. that are used by default. Yeah, yeah. So nobody's going to get their data sent within the same, okay, within the good. United States anyway. Good, good. If you're in a different country, you might end up with going through a server in your own country. Um, Just by accident. There are 200 countries, undoubtedly, you know, there's going to be somebody somewhere who is in yeah. the country where the server is located. But yeah. see, the thing that makes the most sense to me with VPN is a system where everybody is a server. 
you're, so, pa- you're constantly passing other people's yeah, traffic like to door. random places, so, and then nobody knows where your traffic yeah, is going. So, so there is there is something along those lines um, out there, except I wouldn't trust the software that that does that, and it also exits traffic from your from your computer or your device or whatever, and so you also then potentially have risk there risk from uh, from uh, you know cops raiding your house sort yeah. of situation. What so, if somebody goes to a place that's not legal and it's coming out of your connection? Yeah. You didn't know about it. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, we'll see you tomorrow night. You can join us online. In the meantime, head over to freetalklive.com. As you may recall, we last left Jonathan Gullible on a remote Pacific island after his boat was blown far off course by a terrific storm. Eager to learn more about the island, he wandered into a nearby town where he found two tall iron bar fences, one on either side of the road. Walking up to a uniformed guard on the road between the two fences, Jonathan asked, Pardon me, sir, but can you tell me what these two iron fences are for? The iron bars on the right side of the road are for our zoo. What is a zoo? Well, a zoo is a place to keep many animals from all over the world. These fences are used to keep them in one place so that people can study them and so that these strange animals won't go about harming society. It must cost you a fortune to find these animals, bring them here, and provide for them. Oh, I don't pay for the zoo out of my own pocket. Everyone pays a zoo tax. Everyone? Well, there are some people who have no interest in the zoo, and there are some who feel that the animals should only be studied in their natural habitat. When these people refuse to pay their zoo taxes, they are removed from their natural habitat and placed behind those iron bars across the street. Such people can then be studied, and they are prevented from harming society. If you don't want to do people harm, how do you know which side of the fence is better? So ends another bizarre episode in the life of Jonathan Gullible. Build freedom with laughter. Join the community. Access free media clips and more. Or get your free PDF copy of the book. Go to jonathangullible.com now. jonathangullible.com You know that at some point in your life, an emergency is going to happen. You just don't know when. You could call the government and maybe they'll help. Or they might shoot your dog. Why call potentially psychopathic strangers when you could ask your friends, family, or neighbors for help? Cell 411 makes decentralized emergency response possible, and it's free. Visit GetCell411.com or download Cell 411 from your favorite app store. GetCell411.com This is a pandemic survival alert and the most time-sensitive messages you will hear this year. You still have time to plant a one-acre crisis garden and secure a supply of your own nutrient-dense food. But time is running out, and it's one deadline you don't want to miss. Who should plant a crisis garden? Individuals, families, churches, communities, anyone or any group that sees hard times ahead. Let's face it, even the mainline media is talking about food supply disruptions and the growing number of grocery store workers who are becoming sick. But there's more. Meat packing plants are closing, mile-long lines at food pantries, and more farmers now in financial trouble. The truth is, growing nutrient-dense vegetables this summer may be the single most important thing you do. Go to survivalseedbank.com and watch the new video to understand what we're really up against. Get free bonus seeds, special quarantine reports, too. Don't wait. Every minute counts. Go to survivalseedbank.com. That's survivalseedbank.com. 